Green from Sepultura, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. You are listening to Phantasm Podcast. Hey, this is Trevor Sternad. Brian is back from the Black Dahlia Murder. Captain Gabriel Warrior. This is Anthony Michael Hall. This is Dave. And this is Brett from Revocation. Hey, this is Larissa from Venom Prison. from Suffocation. Podcast. Join your host, Corey Gorkreist and Dr. Vincent West for exclusive interviews with the sickest bands in metal and more. Head over to cultofantasm.com, the only gravesite for all things horror and death metal. No filler, all killer. What the fuck is up and welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I am Corey Gorkreist. With me, Dr. Vincent West. How are you doing? Doing awesome. Happy to be here. Good to see you. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good to see you. Hello, everyone. Thank you for patiently waiting for the first episode of 2020. Our return. Um, Thanks for hanging for the fucking holidays with us and uh, doing the whole fucking thing and uh yeah it's been it's been cool and uh we're freezing sacks in here it's fucking cold as balls from the air conditioning off got some german pills <gasps> up in here german tall pills yep you do uh, bit bit burger courtesy of the of the doctor here's showing me the, the german pills ropes here today fuck you up <laughs> and uh the we got Awesome interview the doctor did with fucking Derek of uh, Sepultura, their new album, Quadra, right? Yep. Quadra is out now on Nuclear Blast Records. Pick that up. Go see them on tour with Sacred Reich. Uh, it's going to be a fucking awesome tour. So definitely check that out. In the U.S., uh, fans, go, go catch them on tour. And uh, the movie we got is a very special one, one we've been wanting to do for a really long time. Uh, Never really fit, though. Yeah, it just, I don't know, I think for the right time, I think with, uh, you know, there's another one coming out soon that's got a lot of hype right now, so I think it's a good time to bust it out, and I think, uh, you know, it's the perfect time for this, really, I think we... I think so. You know, good way to start off. You always gotta start off strong in the next year, and I think this is one of the classics we've never done that's been asked by people to do, and it's just perfect, and... uh Kind of symbolized a lot because we met the the guy last year. Mainly talked about Star Trek, but still, uh, fucking awesome Doctor. The film we have, the movie that we are doing is The Forbidden by Clive Barker, aka Candyman. Have you ever heard of Candyman? Look in the mirror and say it once. Candyman for fun. You don't believe all that nonsense anyway, do you? Say it again. Candyman for a scare. A woman died in there. Leave it. Say it five times. No one ever got past four. You're dead. Candyman. Try it. We dare you. Candyman. Rated R. Now playing at a theater near you. 1992 is when it came out. It came out uh, actually September 11th, 1992, which is uh, crazy. It's morbid. Yeah, it is morbid. And uh, love fucking Clive Barker. Um... 
if anybody gets a chance, if you're out in the, the convention circuit, definitely go say hi to him. I had to wait about a day and a half to actually get through to meet him. God. Seriously. That's um, insane. So Texas Frightmare, and uh, if you don't, for Texas Frightmare, bigger cons like that, if you don't have, like, VIP stuff, then you, you, you do suffer. You really need to spend the money and, and uh, get the, you know, just a little tip from, from me. Definitely go ahead and, and for the bigger cons like Texas Frightmare to get the fucking VIP shit, like whatever the extra is to skip lines and have faster shit. For people like, you know, for guests like uh, Clive Barker, you need it. Because I waited like four hours. Like the full first day I was basically standing in line waiting on him uh, to, to get an autograph. Which the photo op thing was different because I had the photo op ticket, you know, but I had to wait in line to get an autograph, you know, purchase an autograph from him. So, um... And some cons, you can pre-order an uh, autograph ticket, but a lot of them don't do that, so you just got to check check the facts on that. But uh, Clyde Barker's an amazing guy, super cool when I met him. One of the only people that did the, the threw up the horns when I asked for in a photo op, because most of them are like, no, I don't think so. Um, Clyde Barker like did it hard as fuck, and it's probably my favorite picture I've ever taken, honestly. Um, but yeah, Candyman, uh, very symbolic to me. Uh, it's one of the first movies, first horror movies I watched with my mom, which is weird to say, but she usually didn't like to watch horror movies with me. I did that while she was out at work, and I was little Gorkrais was by himself. Sorry with about the that. Fucking, I think is a werewolf. Oh, you're good. Some fucking goddamn were, were pubes right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just chilling, <laughs> like five feet away from my face. I didn't even notice that until you said something. It's, um, I don't even know what it is. It ain't me. <laughs> But yeah, there's a uh, Ted Raimi. We got a Ted Raimi spot right here. Did not notice that before. I'm gonna be honest with you. I have not seen this since I saw this in the theater. Ted Raimi is always like some kind of pervert, and, and you know he was like a condom salesman in Blood Rage. This one, he's like feeling up this chick's rack like as soon as we start the film. So there's the wonderful, one of the best cameo men in uh, horror movies besides Dick Miller. I'm gonna give it to Ted Raimi. And, uh, but yeah. I would always watch horror movies by myself. My mom was at work. You know, I'd have, you know, she had every premium channel on the planet. She had Cinemax, or Skinamax, and fucking mine too. God bless you know, all of God it. Bless yeah, it's amazing. The, so I just like, you know, I'd go to bed on time. My brother wouldn't watch me, and I'd just be like, click. And, and no, I'm not religious. Tube. It's a mom thing. But anyway, right. um, you put on the boob tube, and then Candyman was one of the first ones where we sat down, and she was like. I don't know if you want to watch this because she rented it from Blockbuster, and I was like, "What is it?" She was like, "It's Candyman." I've heard it's very scary. And I was like, "Okay, well, let's watch it." So we sat and watched the whole fucking thing, and I loved it. So it's always one of you know my favorites. And to be clear, too, we are not watching the arrow pressing of this European uh, friends uh, out there. This is the the Shout Factory, the Scream Factory yeah, release. Scream. Yeah, it's the. Well, it's theatrical, something. theatrical, and it's the theatrical cut. We're not watching the unrated. I've we never... figured for you guys, you know, sometimes. You know, like for the uh, extra, especially if you're if you're able to stream this wherever you're at, you're not going to be able to get the unrated cut. Probably, it's probably the right. theatrical. So, but I think for um, and that Arrow cut has all this stuff. The Arrow version of this has all the versions in it. But, right. You know, I guess it was kind of selfish on my part, but I just figured we'd just do the do the theatrical because you know. Well, I think it gives people more access to stuff, and I do too. Because if you're going to stream this, there's no way in hell it's the unrated version. Oh, yeah. I'm just not buying that. Because most stuff, in my experience that I've streamed, it's definitely, you know, the regular theatrical. Uh, you know, if you don't mind me ranting for just a brief second. No, go for it. It's 
why we're here. I do I do not really care for a lot of director's cuts of movies. I just don't. I don't either. And I I find myself I'm going to give you guys an interesting example. I love the movie Hot Tub Time Machine. Well, if you buy that at a at a store now, unless you're buying it used, but if you buy it physically, Amazon, Walmart, wherever you're at, even like a second-hand place, if you're not careful, you'll end up with the unrated version. I prefer the theatrical R version of that. Yeah. I don't like the unrated version of that film. And I don't like when a company forces me to have an unrated version of the film. Like, I will tell you this, and I wanted to talk about this real quick, if I may, because it's a, it's a brand new release. Um, I just picked up my copy of Hot Dog the Movie from Synapse. Now, one thing I'm disappointed about this is it only has the goddamn unrated version of this film. Hmm. Unrated producers cut. I don't really like that. I'm not. I haven't watched it yet, so I'm not. I'm not telling you all that it's a bad cut of the film. I'm just saying, I want my R cut of the film. Yeah. My favorite movie varies from moment to moment, but one. We'll just say one of my favorite films, uh, Thrashing. I don't want any cut but the theatrical cut of that film. Right. The point of nostalgia for me is revisiting something from my childhood. I don't want to watch 30 extra minutes of some film that I already know. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. But if you're going to give me both on a Blu-ray package or a 4K package, I'm fine with it. If you're trying to force me into just having one version of the film, I'm not interested. Yeah. And that's just me. No, you should definitely have variety and do both, you know, if you're going to fucking do it. Uh, now, the cool thing about this is all you have... Uh, there's Virginia Madsen. Uh, she's doing some cons with Tony Todd. That's amazing. Uh, so there's some Candyman reunions coming around. So if you guys are again con goers or are considering going, uh, that definitely in everything. Yeah, definitely meet up. Uh, you know, say what's up to Tony Todd. Super cheap signer. Um, just really cool dude. He stands outside of his desk and shit. He's always just fucking outside with people hanging out. He's a nice person. He's, such a, nice. he's such a good dude, and and for such an iconic actor like it's it's awesome to, to see that so definitely say what's up to Tony Todd Virginia Madsen never met but I've heard great things so say what's up to her um who is it in that? Uh, Vanessa Williams that's in this film mm-hmm. she is actually in the we new we just watched in that search right yeah and the new uh the new Candyman that comes out this year she's reprising her role as Anne-Marie McCoy from this film and she's the same character, which I didn't know. I think that's no awesome. shit. Yep. <clears throat> so I didn't really make the connection. It's kind of been blowing up on the internet. It's like, oh my god, she's still playing the same character or whatever. So uh, always thought that was cool. Uh, loved her in New Jack City. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, you know, I think it's cool. I don't know who did the new one. I know that Jordan Peele produced it, but I don't know who directed it. I haven't researched it that much. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I wanted to tell you guys about a movie that I watched recently. I went and watched Fantasy Island. And I really, one? I really liked it. That's out? Yeah, and it bombed. It's already gone. Oh, well, I mean, nobody knew But I really, li- I really liked it. And that was actually a horror movie, right? Yeah, and everybody, like, diarrhea on it. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, I find okay, Jordan, myself with a lot of films that I actually end up liking. Okay, Jordan Peele wrote it. That way. But. Jordan Peele did write the new Candyman. Okay. So it'll be good then. I think he's great. I do too. Um, for a new filmmaker, and I love his his you know comic work as uh, you know the Key and Peele thing, and I think he's a good sketch comic. 
and I think he's a great mind. He's a good host of Twilight Zone, too. Yeah, he's, he's, a, like he's a great mind, and he's very passionate about horror, so those are the people. Us was my favorite thing he's done. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so great. Um, Tim and Eric, awesome show. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and... But I just think he's the perfect yeah. person to do newer stuff, and I, I really enjoy his vision for horror because he actually has a very good <laughs> understanding of it. So I've got to clean. You got the wear hairs. We got to just got to get rid of this. God, wheelchair fucker shedding. Let me let me tell you all a story. I'm going to share this with with everybody out there. I don't think where I live in Florida has been vacuumed in probably 20 years. And I'm not trying to be funny. Uh. So there's your terrifying fact when you go to sleep tonight. And imagine someone with my allergies and health problems that cannot sleep. <laughs> has, uh, stuff like that happens. Flushes wear pubes down the toilet. <laughs> Flushes wear pubes down the toilet. <laughs> but so that's down another the toilet. And so, the other, okay, the other question I was going to bring, because we've recorded in the uh, Dr. West's uh, or I always wonder if I'm going to end up wrapped up in that. What? Oh, yeah, that giant fucking plastic thing. It's like, how many people have you killed, wheelchair fucker? <laughs> He's like, oh, oh. And I wanted to let everybody know that um, um, we have a new podcast uh, coming out, and... Uh, there's going to be some different folks on that podcast that I'm doing, and uh, we have some new friends. I will not be attending. Uh, this is you yeah. Know, this is this is something. This is doctor's creative ambition, of course. Not to worry. You know, we still got Phantasm podcasts that'll always be here. Yeah. Cultofantasm.com, our new website. Thank you guys for checking yep. that out as well. All of this will be on there, and uh, you can still find Phantasm on there. It's still Phantasm. Still is Phantasm. Godless Heathens is just. Uh, the doctor's new. It is. It's Godless Heathens. Doctor's new and, creation, uh, it's, uh, and it's going to be fun. Uh, I've got some you can fun guests it. coming by. Uh, Porno Protron. Uh, of course, we have Killer Coach. Yeah, there's all kinds. And we of also have, gonna uh, have James. To, you're gonna you're gonna get, have a great summer. You're gonna get you're gonna get introduced to all kinds <laughs> of motherfuckers. Now I know all these people personally, but I'm gonna keep Phantasm. I'm gonna keep all this together at the same time. You know, let let some of these new cats uh, run wild on. Godless Heathens and I'll uh, I'll stick around here and keep you all entertained at the same time. So. Well, I'll still be here with you. Yeah, just some fun, just a little fun little thing we're doing, and it it has absolutely other than it's just under our brand. Uh, but it's it's uh, it's coming. You guys will check it out. It's gonna be fun. It'll be a lot. I think of fun. You guys will like it. It's exciting. Yeah. We'll have some ads here for you. You can uh, listen to later. So we'll we'll throw that up on here, and you can uh, get a feel for it or yep. not. Um. Just be on the lookout for that. Be everywhere, like we are. We're all over the place. Yes, we are. We are invading. Excuse me. We are invading you. Um, well, there's alternate versions of the film going back to this, talking about director's cuts, things like that. If uh, Candyman, see, there are versions shown on Channel Four TV, and this is on IMDb. Of course, you guys just want to go read it yourselves or read it, read along with us, whatever the fuck you want to do. Um, they're released on UK VHS video. They're completely uncut. All the DVD releases, including the 2006 Collector's Edition, feature the pre-cut R-rated US print. This version edits the killing of the psychiatrist by Candyman, shortens the scenes of blood spurting towards Helen's face. Folks, we need all those things, so just why would you even watch that? 
Uh, unrated work prints bootlegs of Candyman also contain more graphic beating of Virginia Madsen's character Helen in the toilets by the black youths who enter into the toilet and who kicks Helen her. Helen on the toilet. That ought to be abandoned. Kicked her several times on the floor while she bleeds profusely from the head, wounded inflicted from the blow by the hook of the main youth. This is cut in all regular prints. So there is a bootleg going around with the work print in there. That's pretty fucking rad, actually. I'd love to see that. Uh, European version was cut by 12 minutes. The region 2. Oh, hold on a minute. That is that her there? That's Vanessa Williams, yeah. But that's not the same Vanessa Williams that was in Star Trek. The one that was in Star Trek was a pop singer. No, I don't think she's the same one. That's what I'm saying. It's two different people. Yeah, not the same Vanessa Williams. Sorry, folks. That was something. Uh, European version was cut by 12 minutes. The Region 2 DVD restored it to 94 minutes from the original 86-minute version. <coughs> and the German VHS tape rated not under 18 is fully uncut, including a different, much gorier version of the psychologist's death than the rated R. Which cut. is available on the Arrow version, apparently. So the Arrow version has the German VHS tape version uh, with Which that is scene. insane. And this has, you know, so that's why if you guys are collectors or, you know, it's it's good to have more than one copy of stuff, If, if especially if you don't have definitive versions, that, you know, because if one has everything on it, then you don't need the other ones. But it's nice to have other ones. If it's, you know, I know some people that collect... They'll have like a million versions of one movie, and that's totally fine, you know, whether you open it or not, you know. Doctors like that, they'll be like, I got my fifth different copy of Big Trouble in Little China. So <laughs> I'll be like, of that course is, you did, you know. That's pretty bad. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you? Um, this one has this. I don't like this print, but this one has this interview on it. You know, it's, it's a collector's realm here, and that's uh, it's a good thing. But yeah, this version. What does this have on? Is it just theatrical, or th- this one has the director's cut? So the. Uh, so I don't this know. Is, okay, we're, this is the theatrical cut, and it, the second disc is the unrated cut. So it probably does have that scene in it. Would you would I, would it help you if I told you the running times? Yeah. Once you look at that, I can't read that. I'm blind. Let's <sighs> see. You sit down there. The Approximate the running time is 99 minutes theatrical cut, 99 minutes unrated cut. Huh? You got me. So it's confusing. Uh, I don't know. There are two K restorations from a new four K scan of the original negative. That's the on both of the cuts here. There's new audio commentary with Tony Todd and the director, which is awesome. That's really good. So a lot of times with these things now they don't they don't do that. You know. They don't have like the main actors or even the directors. They have like it's the camera effects man and the Rod, it's very and the fucking it. and the fucking guy that you know, the janitor of the fucking well, that's like that Scream Factory that. release of fucking Big Trouble, which we both have. Where's my Where's my Kurt commentary track? I, or I, even Kim Cattrall? You know, there's nothing her either. There's not no fucking Screaming Mad George. There's nothing. It's just like here's a the second the second. Don't assistant. get me wrong. It's a beautiful print of the film. It is, still just but it's like, still like new commentary from the second assistant film director's right, assistant. Like, where's like, what? you know? Nick Castle did three things with John Carpenter. A lot of people don't know this. Escape from New York. Well, ho- well, I'm getting there. Hold on. So, sorry. He was the shape. Yep. Did the whole film except for the unmasking scene at the end, or the shite in German, in, uh, right? In Scotland. Um, he created Snake Plissken, and he created fucking um, Jack Burton. Yep. Now a lot of people don't know that. Now, The Rock 
is in a Big Trouble in Little China Universe film that's coming out. Huh. I don't have a problem with it. It has nothing to do with Big Trouble in Little China that it's except that it's set in the same universe. He's not related to Jack Burton. Jack so Burton. are they like mentioning Jack in the I universe kind of thing? I don't or? think so. They're going to have like the storms in there? Or? I'm not sure. I just know that it's set in that universe and that it's been greenlit. Huh. And John and his son Cody, I'm friends with Cody, hello Cody, um, are scoring it. Nice. And this is some stuff you're hearing right now that I'm probably not supposed to be talking about. But it's a, it's a go. And I don't have a problem with it because it's just set in that universe. It has It's not a sequel. It's not related to it in any way. And I don't even want Kurt to be in it. I just rather them just not. It's, it's building on something that's already there that can right. kind of go back to it without fucking it up. Right. And, Which and, is what and things should do. And I'm fine with it, and it's cool. I think people should do that instead of taking arcs that are already made and building on it with their ideas whenever they can just do something completely new and still be fans of something and keep it fresh and organic, but not redo something or build on something. They can actually make something new out of something that already is. You know what I mean? Like, um... I don't know, I can go on about any kind of universe like that, but the reality is, is, you know, I just don't think a lot of times with the remake shit that they shouldn't even do it. You know, I, I like I mean, look, I, I'm not happy that the film's being made, but I... I am, like the shared universe thing I, better. I'm happy that it's not... I'm happy that it's not related. And honestly, I don't want Kurt Russell now as Jack Burton. I'd rather just leave it alone. Correct. I mean, same here, same here. Same thing with Indiana Jones. It's like, can you just leave it alone? Well, that's just like, you know, well, let's talk about this. Why is this, why is Scream Factory putting out Escape from L.A.? What a turd. Yeah, that too. That movie is awful. He was too old when that movie came out. That movie's, (laughs) the only good part of that movie is Bruce Campbell is that fucking plastic surgeon. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. But the, and am I going to buy it? Yeah, because I have all of John's stuff, but it's I it's think that's not, why they did it's that. It's not a good Because movie. they're like a completionist God, kind of thing. That movie is so bad. It's like a completionist kind of thing, I guess, where it's like, well, you can now we got to put out this one because it's a sequel. It's like that, you know. And I've only seen that one like one time, you know, but it is it is what it is. I think they kind of did it just to be like, all right, well, now we got this one. And they're like, okay, now we got to buy this one. Now, Corey, being from New York, did you ever live in the New York hood? No, but uh, I went through the Bronx quite a bit when I was younger, and it looks exactly like that. Even now. Why is that? It's fucking been like that for a long time, man. <clears throat> Gangs, and it's just bad neighborhoods, and, you know. It's been bad since uh, after the fucking Holocaust. That's why they call them ghettos. So they put fucking Jews in shitty neighborhoods, and then it became gentrification, and uh Blacks being lumped into shitty neighborhoods, and it's just stayed that way. I mean, I will say this: this movie. I always forget every time I watch this that this this whole thing, this, is, this toilet thing, freaks me out when they go in there and it's like there's blood in the toilet. Well, I'm talking about just the all the way all this looks right here is terrifying. I think that that's kind of what it looks like. But this this scene stuck with me for the rest of my life because it's seriously like any time. I go to a bathroom. I think of that like a like a grotier bathroom, not like a Walmart bathroom. But if I go, no, to no like, Walmart bathrooms are pretty grody. If I go to some like venue, like shitty like metal venues, like bathroom, like like the Masquerade, for instance, or somewhere like that, and I see like a shitty bathroom, I'm always like, Candyman, blood in the toilet, or, <laughs> or uh, yeah, there's been, you know. <coughs> or if I'm playing a horror video game, like. Silent Hill or like uh, The Condemned or something and I go to a shitty there's always like a shitty bathroom where there's like 
blood in the toilet. And I said, I'm always like, Candyman, blood toilet. Yep. <clears throat> I agree with you. You're right. Because there's a scene, <clears throat> I guess it's the Virginia Madsen scene. Cause it stuck with me. That's where he fucking hooks somebody and, like, you see, like, their shit fall in the toilet. You know, I, I, don't, I feel like I haven't seen this movie since I was little. I really don't think I have, to be honest. <clears throat> but that scene always stuck with me. He fucking guts somebody. This Blu-ray doesn't look that good either. Yeah. He, he's fucking gutted somebody. In a, you know, I've got to be honest with you. I don't think this movie ever looked good. A lot of 90s stuff is like that. It just... And I don't know why that is. they were transitioning from filming, you know, what they were filming to. Well, no, the damn movie was probably shot on fucking videotapes. Probably why it looks like shit. Yeah. This probably wasn't even shot on film. Let's see... I mean, you gotta admit this Blu-ray doesn't look that good. It looks like we're watching a fucking DVD. <laughs> Let's pull up some uh, trivia, and then we'll get to the get to Chuck here with the, the uh, um, altering the future. We'll get to that. Uh, let's see. Exterior hallway and stairway scenes were actually filmed for a few days in the infamous Cabarini Green housing projects. Though the producers had to make a deal with the ruling gang members to put them in the movie as extras to ensure the cast and crew's safety during filming. Damn! Yeah, it's nasty. That's some crazy shit. Even with the, the, the arrangement, a sniper put a bullet through the production van on the last day of filming, though no one was injured. Welcome to New York. Uh, there was, in fact, a Candyman killer in real life who was different to the fictional Candyman. Uh, Dean Carrill was a serial killer in Houston, Texas area. Raped and murdered numerous boys from 1970 to 73. Classy. He would lure children into his home using candy from his family's factory. Oh, well. I mean, that's more appropriate for the name. Uh, Sounds like a movie we need to make. <laughs> Texas Candy. Yeah, Texas Candy with the that guy from the... Directed by Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor. That's from the... <laughs> the Blood Rage uh, guy. He'll be the... Serial killer. Right. That would be pretty good. On the DVD commentary, Alan Pohl said that it had Virginia Madsen been unavailable, the part of Helen would most likely gone to Sandra Bullock, who at the time was unknown. Interesting. I'm glad she didn't do that. I don't, I don't have a problem with her. It would have been weird looking back on it now. Yeah. While investigating one of Candyman's crime scenes, Helen and Bernie discovered that the design of the apartment's medicine cabinet made it a possible point of entry for an intruder. This was not a made-up piece of horror movie fiction. When researching the film, Rose learned that a series of murders had been committed in Chicago in this very way. Uh, Madsen was hypnotized and given a trigger phrase on set for her scenes with Candyman. She grew increasingly uncomfortable with this method, so asked for it to be canceled. That's fucked. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy shit on here. Yeah, this is like an infamous little tidbit from here. You know, the whole bees thing with Tony Todd. Uh, Tony Todd negotiated a bonus of $1,000 for every bee sting he suffered during filming. And he was stung 23 times. Jesus Christ. So he got $23,000. Uh, effects crew had a blacksmith make Candyman's hook, but when they went to pick it up, the blacksmith refused to sell it to them. Once he'd heard it was for a Clyde Barker horror movie project, the devout Christian blacksmith had misgivings about the project. Interesting. What a fucking asswipe. Yeah. Candyman's lair was designed to look like a gothic church constructed by the people who believed in him living in K. 
Cabernet Green. Ginny Madsen claims that she was hypnotized for some of the film scenes. So we just said that. That's fucking crazy. Um, she was? Yeah. They had to hypnotize her to do it? In certain scenes, they hypnotize her, I guess. It's fucking weird. It was bizarre. Mm-hmm. Here's Chicago is where this is. Oh, it is? Yeah. I always thought it was New York. That's what I thought, too. Or is it supposed to be in New York? I don't know. I don't fucking pay attention to shit. No. I thought it was supposed to be New York. I could have sworn that it was. It was filmed in Chicago. Uh, That's not what I meant, but isn't it supposed to be New York? That's what I thought. I guess not. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be straight up. Chicago. 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 Let's see. Um... Director Bernard Rose had Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd take ballroom dancing classes so they would have more of a romantic connection when playing their characters. It's fucking weird. You know what's weird? This movie, in a weird way, is kind of like Silence of the Lambs. A little bit. There's some controversy of the film is depicting racism and racial stereotypes. According to Rose, I had to go and have a whole set of meetings with the NAACP because the producers were so worried... And what they said to me when they read the script was, why are we even having this meeting? You know, this is just good fun. Their argument was, why shouldn't a black... Why shouldn't a black actor be a ghost? Why shouldn't a black actor play Freddy Krueger or Hannibal Lecter? If you're saying that they can't be, it's really perverse. This is a horror movie, according to Virginia Madsen. I was and am now worried about how people will respond. I don't think Spike Lee will like this film. Fuck Spike Lee. Uh, you know what made me mad about Spike Lee recently and I guess I shouldn't be saying this because we record this stuff but what pissed me off about him he's supposedly this Knicks fan right yeah but yeah he's wearing all this Kobe Bryant shit yeah and it's like you know why don't you just admit and I don't mind saying this on here there's nothing wrong why don't you just admit that you're a racist asshole because he is he's a fucking racist asshole with an agenda he is fuck you Spike Lee Fuck you from Dr. Vincent West, you fucking jerk. I don't like him, man. And so he's always talking shit about fucking LeBron James. It's like, yeah, because LeBron James doesn't play for your shit team. <laughs> but I also don't like people just bandwagoning shit. Yeah. When someone passes away, um, and this has nothing to do with Kobe Bryant, when someone passes away, you should mourn them because you enjoyed whether they were an athlete or an actor. You, you enjoyed them or whatever. But you, you, you shouldn't do it to make some kind of political stance. And he's a fucking asswipe. I hate that fucking douchebag. He really is. He's an agenda asshole. Is he a talented filmmaker? Absolutely. Do I like his movies? Absolutely not. But I think he's a. I think he's a racist douche, and I think he has an agenda. And I don't like anybody white, black, green, brown, orange, you know, that has an agenda. I just don't. I don't yeah, like filmmakers right. with an agenda. And and, and and one last thing. Once upon a time in Mexico should have been best film. In Hollywood. Thank you. That one should have been filmed too, actually. But but no, it should have been. Or Joker. How in God's name you made that fucking Korean piece of shit <laughs> film. And, and I, if you guys didn't watch it, because I was watching it, he has a translator there even though he can speak perfectly English just to be fucking, huh. Yeah. It's like, why don't you go back to Korea with your shit film? 
<laughs> I don't like that fucking guy anyway. That fucking... If you've ever seen that piece of shit movie he did with fucking Christian Bale, that fucking Ice something or White something. It's the same director. He did some fucking dumbass fucking pseudo fucking hipster IPA fucking hard malt blue moon fucking knocked up cunt fucking redneck fucking uh, bearded I'm a hipster but I'm just white trash fucking skull fucker movie. I, I can't remember what it, it's One called. the movies are like that. Ice Tipper or something like that. I can't remember. It's some hipster like... Oh, Ice Tipper. Some kind of fucking... Actually, hold on. I'll ask Wiltshire Fucker. You need another beverage? Yes. No, I got that other full one. You're good. Mmm. Hey, uh... Well, those, that guy looks like fucking Ben Franklin. What's the name <clears throat> of that fucking movie? This guy seriously looks like Ben Franklin. <clears throat> I think he's a director or something. Ben Franklin's on fucking goddamn. <coughs> Son of a bitch. <clears throat> ben fucking Franklin. I don't know who that guy is. I think he's, uh. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Motherfucking Ben Franklin. I'm gonna look. Uh, in the August 2011 interview with uh, Cindy Perlman of the Chicago Sun Times, Tony Todd stated, "I'll never forget that I filmed that movie in a building on the South Side of Chicago, Building 116, Unit C. That's the Candyman pad. So it is Chicago. But I can kind of tell because you know Chicago is a fucking shithole, man." Um, Sorry for anyone that's listening. It's from Chicago, but I've been there too. It's a shithole. Um, snow dancer, snow, snow, trooper, snow, snow piercer. That's it. Snow piercer. That's that's, that's that same. That's director. that redneck turd fart stain. But, but that's that same. What the parasite guy? Yeah, it's the same guy. Oh, I didn't know he did that. And everybody jerks off over movies like that. Here's here's the reality, folks. There's nothing wrong with liking Candyman. There's nothing wrong with liking Friday the 13th. There's nothing wrong with liking any of that stuff. Just because some highbrow fucking hipster didn't fucking make it doesn't mean that it's bad. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things I think they wanted to just... I've been told my whole fucking life... This thing ain't charging anymore. I tried to start staying in there. You just get up and fart. Get up and fart. I did. According to Tony Todd, I met with Bernard Rose, who is a brilliant mind and a great director. What about now? Yes. What about now? No. Shit. I want to say it was a hire, but I just, people kept telling me, oh, you'll never be able to shake this. And I what said, about now? No. What about now? Nope. It keeps falling out. It's going to fall out again. You know I'm going to do the best I can to go away from that. I knew when I read it and I saw the bees and the stuff. What about now? New things that I haven't been filmed before, but that was so interesting. Yes. I've always wanted to find my own personal Phantom of the Opera. Well, Tony Todd, you did. And he became one of the most <coughs> iconic killers in all of horror. Uh, character of Candyman came in at number eight on Blade Disgusting's top 13 slash in horror movie history. And ranked the it's same. It's not a slasher. On Ugo's top 11 slashers, Tony Todd. It's not a slasher. 100 greatest horror movie performances for his role. Psychological thriller. That's not a slasher. Yeah. I mean, he's like a, he's like a 
killer or slasher, but it's you know, not a slasher You know what? Film. I just want to say something real quick. It's not a slasher film. You know, I'm tired of a, of a 20-year-old at Bloody Disgusting telling me about horror movies. You know, you, you all share some pretty good stuff, but you guys are also kind of fucking stupid. You know, you all eat your own ass too much, and then you get on there and put, post stuff about stuff that you don't know nothing about. You know, I... This is not a fucking slasher film, though. I can tell you that, no, ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen. Where are the teenagers? At there the is. Beach? This is not a fucking. This is not a fu- maniac. Is a slasher film. I think there are too many people out there. It's just like, oh, there's uh, uh, that. Just looks like a slasher to me. Well, why don't you watch it before you start telling everyone what it is? And, and let's to, to speak about this real quick. Same with Silence of the Lambs. Do I like that movie? Yeah. Is that a slasher? No. It's not a fucking horror movie. No. It's, it's about a goddamn FBI goddamn agent. It's also a sequel to a movie called Manhunter. Mm-hmm. It's 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 and that is not a fucking horror movie. No. Is it a good movie? Absolutely. Michael Mann directed. I'm a big fan. But the thing with it is, it's like fan it's not a goddamn man. it's not a goddamn horror movie. N- neither of those are fucking horror movies. I don't. I think sometimes people just they they think because they've seen a, a something online on Facebook or somewhere else on the internet about something it's like oh that's a horror movie no it's not people talk out their asses all of it you know they talk out their ass I, and I, I wait, now here let me let me also bring another stunning revelation to everyone out there listening right now Freddy Krueger Nightmare on Elm Street is not a slasher film those are not slasher films he's a supernatural demon there it it's is. not a slasher film. Do you consider those a slasher film? Those aren't slasher films. I don't consider Freddy a... Sorry, I never have. Just like Ash from Evil Dead is not a slasher film. You know. I don't know. Like, uh, I think... Leatherface is a cannibal. I don't consider him a slasher. I don't consider the Texas Chainsaw Massacre a slasher it's movie. It's not a slasher movie. None of them are. He's a fucking cannibal or a cannibal family. It has nothing to do with... Slashers, everybody has to think... Slashers are very specific Prowler, things. Yeah. Friday the 13th. Fucking Halloween. Fucking, you know, Psycho. You, It's a very specific goddamn thing. I, maniac. You know, come on, people. Get, let's, let's get our genres right here before we start telling everybody what fucking everything is. I'm tired of people telling me that at my age, and it's like, look, y'all don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You know, is Not Living Dead a slasher because it's a horror movie? I mean, give me a goddamn break. It's a fucking zombie movie. I just don't understand people sometimes. <laughs> oh, it's a slasher. He's got that hook. And then bees, he's a sl- it's slasher. No, he's cool. And in that, you know, I was actually just thinking of he's something. He's a serial killer, but it's not a slasher. Yeah, but that's, that doesn't make it a slasher. Uh, Chucky's a slasher. Because he's fucking going around killing people. No, no, people. no, it is. It is, but, but... This one, he's not going around killing people. He's already killed people. But I would I would only say Child's Play 1 and 2 are slasher films. Yeah, the third The remake is a slasher film. Yeah. But I would not say 3 and on is not. It's just silly. It's yeah. Leprechaun is yeah, all it's like it is. Leprechaun, which isn't a slasher. No, it is not. And I'm t- Nick like Sharknado is not a slasher. I don't, people, <laughs> Jaws is not a slasher. Like uh, Dr. West's favorite when he goes in to take a shit and there's just bees in there. Do I like Jaws? Yes. Is it a slasher? No. <laughs> oh, I just don't understand. I just slasher. I just don't understand. I really Reanimator is not a slasher. <laughs> Do you know what I? But yeah. I mean, people are l- try to lump way too many things together. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. The reason I, I'm like Hellraiser, t- that's not a slasher. No, it is not. I love Pinhead. He's great, but it's not. A, it's not a slasher. 
you know, Nightbreed is not a slasher film. There's a slasher guy in it. There's a serial killer in it. But that, there's that, an that, element. But of it, it. But, it, but 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 is not a sl- it is not a slasher film. Yeah. It is. Not, and my. I think the reason people love Jason Voorhees so much, myself included, is because there really isn't anything like that. Yeah. There is a lot of a lot of uh, you know copycat stuff. There's a lot but of they're great. Some of them are. Some of them are. So Prowler is great. Some of them are. Some of them are not. Another good slash. Madman is my, not. My bloody that, what, a, Mad, what a turd. My bloody Valentine. No, no, no not slash. my bloody. But I'm saying, yeah. Madman is a turd. Yeah. What the show, Madman? Oh, Madman. Madman Mars. That's awful. Yeah, it's a turd. But look, look here's what slaughterhouse slasher. It's amazing, but. What I'm saying, though, is I think the reason so many people gravitate to Jason Voorhees is because it's unique. And it really was. They were really onto something with that. I know that's why Paramount's dying to reboot it, but here's here's the reality at the end of the day, kids. Do I consider the Danny McBride Halloween movie a slasher? Not really. <laughs> is it good? Yes. Do I consider that a slasher movie? Not really. I don't even consider... The only the only two that I would consider a slasher film are Halloween one and Halloween two. Yeah, those are very. Because Halloween four and five, I like those movies, but it's more about Daniel Harris's character, and he's like, "I've got to get you, blah blah. We need to reunite." Or it's it's yeah. now now six is a slasher, the one with Paul Rudd. That's yeah. a fucking slasher. Because really, slashers have a very basic premise. It's about. The killer itself, just like we're hanging out, some guy comes in here in a mask and kills us right now. Throws me out the fucking window, yeah. puts you in the toilet, and cuts your head off. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, and I get speared through like a fence. I'm just saying, but but there's not really much else to it. It's like always a revenge plot, like slaughter. But High. there's nothing wrong with it. Slaughter High is a good one. No, no, no. There's I, there's tons of them. I'm just saying I just that. Thinking of them. But so the reason like, that he got bullied as a child, now he's come back for revenge to kill. But all people. we're really doing, all people like myself, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not trying to include you like that, but myself personally, Doctor Vincent West. I buy a lot of horror movies, but all I'm really trying to do is rebuy Friday the Thirteenth again. Even the original one, just the <laughs> with just the mom, because it's one of those things where what you're really doing is. Everybody has levels of genre set. I was talking about this earlier uh, with uh, Corey in the car. I don't, you know, Cronenberg, a lot of Cronenberg stuff I don't like because it's body horror. I don't like that. If you like that, that's fantastic, uh, audience. I, I personally don't. Uh, it, it, does it have its place? Absolutely. Am I a fan of it? No, it freaks me the fuck out. It gives me the willies. It's very effective. But I'm just saying, you know. Uh, my favorite uh, Cronenberg movie, if anybody's interested or ever paid attention to anything I've said on here, it, it, it's The Dead Zone um, and Scanners. Those are the only two films that he did. The only other alternate mention that I would that I would throw out there for folks is uh, I do like Dead Ringers, I do like Rabid, uh, and I do like... Um, there's two more, and I can't think of them. One of them we've done on this podcast. The Brood? I love The Brood, um, and I love fucking... Um, uh, uh, shivers. Yeah, shivers is great. But 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 here's the whole thing. Those are not movies that I like cuddle up with and watch. Neither is Candyman either. You know, I thought I personally, you know, I'm watching this right now. Candyman is a very slow film. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. This is not a slasher. This was a slasher. He would have already killed her, killed him through some the thing. It just it's just not what this is. Yeah. And I don't know where people do that. People. And, and there are people that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I mean, I I don't think Tony Todd would call this a slasher. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know. 
don't consider it a slasher. I mean... It's more of a psychological... I never considered it, and I probably made a lot of people mad with the Nightmare on Street thing. I don't consider that a slasher film. I just don't. He's a demon. He's not real. How, how is that a slasher film? It's a supernatural film. But I don't consider him a slasher. I think Freddy's awesome. I think Leatherface is awesome. But I don't consider the, either one of those slashers. You know, Prowler is a slasher. Yeah. Prowler and Maniac are two of the best examples I could give anyone in the world of a slasher. And those are two of my favorites. And they are doing a three-disc of Prowler later in the year, and I'm buying the fuck out of it. That's amazing. Blue Underground doing it? Correct. Nice. Um, and that's another little tidbit, folks, that's not been announced, so enjoy. You're welcome. Thank you, Dr. West. <laughs> um, you're welcome, audience. Um, but, yeah, I, for me, you know, and I'm not saying everybody can like whatever they want, but for me, you know, it's why movies like Gremlins I thought was fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> which they wasted money and put that out on 4K. It's a fucking Joe Dante turd. <laughs> Give me the burbs all day long over that film and Matt oh, yeah. Day. But, you know, I'm just it's overrated. I don't like it. I never did like that fucking movie. I'd much rather watch fucking Prowler go around and fucking hack people up. I don't, you know. A lot of stuff, I just get, I get tired of it, you know. I get tired of... Of, of, of some of the stuff that people do with this. It's like, oh, my, oh, fuck, Mike Meyer, man. It's like, mm, give me Jason Voorhees all day long. <laughs> That's just my opinion, you know? It's it's the perfect print of just death. Two is amazing because he's got the fucking, the fucking sack. Fucking, uh, you know, three gets the fucking hockey mask. Four, amazing. Five, you got the fake ambulance there. Everybody hates that movie. I love it. Corey really kind of turned me back onto that one. I liked it as a kid. I like it now. Uh, Six, I can't deal with anymore. Six, to me, is just a stinking turd. I tried watching that recently, and it was like watching... It's like like fucking... uh, NBC presents Jason Voorhees in the woods. It's just a little... (laughs) It's It's a little too hokey for me. It's very campy. Um, I don't like the Jason either in that. I think he's a fucking... I just don't like him. I don't know. And I hate him in that video game. Yeah. Uh, seven, love it. Seven's great. Eight, I hate, love it. I hate that there's never going to be a print of that. And, you know, uh, like an unrated... A director's movie. cut. Yeah, now that John Carl Buechler's dead, too. It fucking sucks. Yeah, he the wanted to thing, do that. The and whole thing fucking uh, sucks. He wanted to, to, to put one of those out. Because that, that would have been, like, one of the nastiest movies ever made. It still is. Oh, it would have been amazing. Know, but it's a shame we're only going to see, like, work prints of... Yeah. All that stuff, and that's something I've always wanted to see. Now, Maximum Overdrive is one of my favorite movies. Is that a slasher? No, it's not. You know, and like I said, I don't, I don't know where people get off. Like, I read some review on Amazon recently. That some guy was saying Creep Show was a slasher. <laughs> how the hell is that a slasher? <laughs> What's what? No, seriously, how the fuck is that a slasher? It's like people just throw that word around. And you know another word people throw around kids? Death metal. Not everything is death metal. It's just not. I'm sorry. You know. It's all death metal. Everything's death metal. Everything is death metal. You know. Friday the 13th Part 2 is a slasher. Deicide Legion is a death metal album. Right. Candyman is a psychological thriller. And Slipknot is new metal. <laughs> you know, get your facts right, kids. You know, it, don't don't just. It's like people just. It's like I think a lot of people think because it's on the internet, it's fact too. You know, 
Like the stuff I'm saying tonight, these aren't facts. These are just my opinions about stuff, but I consider them facts. I think I speak the facts about film. Music, you know, that's, you know, there's some people that do it right and some people that don't. Even on Wikipedia right here, and we didn't just alter this, people. This is what it says. Candyman is a 1992 American supernatural horror film. There you go. That's it. See, I wouldn't even call. I it would a horror. put. I, I wouldn't even call this a horror movie. I would just because Clive Barker. This is definitely a horror movie. Well, well, at least be there. I mean, this no, this is a straight up horror film. Psychological chiller. But it. This is a horror movie. Really no, no, no. Is. I'm not saying it's not a horror movie. I'm not. But otherwise, but it's be but, but it's but I but I also think this is more of like Clive's stuff, like like Hellraiser, in the fact that it is like a psychological film. Yeah. But it's definitely because Hellraiser is very psychological. Yeah, it's the way he writes, you know. Whereas, um, when Tom Savini was doing special makeup effects back in the day, it's mainly for slashers. That's why I like him. Yeah, he's the shit. Does he hate me? Yes, but that's okay. Another story. <laughs> but my whole thing is that my the moral of this story is is you just because you think something's cool doesn't make it a slasher. You know, I love I love Dr. Herbert West, but he is not. That is not a slasher. Is he a mad scientist? Yes. Is he awesome? Yes. But he's not going around killing people with different weapons. No, but I think people. But but you would talk to some idiots out there that I guarantee you that would be like, oh, Reanimator's a fucking slasher. No, it's not. It's a slasher, mate. And, and there's nothing. Reanimator's a great movie, but I mean, it's not a. You know, Dawn of the Dead is not a slasher. <laughs> It's a fucking zombie film. All right. Well, are, are we with me on this though? Yeah, that it's I it's totally very. Like. I just think it's very convoluted. I wish people would would try to get their shit together occasionally before they fucking post this stuff. Oh, After you're drinking your Java latte on your fucking iPhone yeah. at your fucking office building, it's like Candyman's one of our top slashers. <laughs> well, thanks, Decibel Death Metal Magazine. Appreciate you. Slipknot Iowa is our top death metal album from 2001. <laughs> All right. Give me a fucking well, break. Is, Jesus uh, Christ. On that note, um, thank you, Blake Disgusting, for allowing us to get into this kind of rant and also to prove that you're retarded. Um, we'll cue up Chuck here and we'll get on. Sorry for the rant, kids. Okay. in the future. Thank you, Chuck. Um, this is going to be fun because we've never done this year before, which is rare because at this point, normally it's like 85, 86, 85, 86, 87, 85, 86, 82. So it's like we're going into 92. We haven't done it before. I was actually born when this came out, which is nuts because most of our catalog we've done for you guys, I wasn't even uh, sperm floating yet, so this is cool. Well, you're old, man. I wasn't born until 2002. <laughs> well... They can only eat my balls. A lot of movies came out in 92 that were awesome. And while I was two years old, a lot of these movies are still some of my favorites of all time because I was two or three and four when these are still new. <coughs> so we'll get right into this now. I'll cover the movies on the how if you want me to hand you your thing. Your, is your shit working over It there? is dead. But if you can hand me just... I, can I will do. pull it up from... You know, okay, thank you. Um, you know, I always cover the movies. Dr. West, does the, we got a lot of good shit movies-wise. 92 for music on Phantasm. You can imagine this is going to be fucking fantastic. So mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, first one, I'm just going to go ahead and and do it. Uh, Aladdin, favorite Disney movie for me of all time. So good. Just talking about this the other day with somebody. 
I actually canceled. <coughs> I actually canceled my Disney Plus recently, and then I went out and bought the Target, um, like the Target edition of the 4K Aladdin Digibook. Yeah. yeah, with the Digibook and all that, all that crazy shit. The little whatever booklet, twelve page booklet thing they got in there. And I haven't actually opened it, and looked at it yet, but um, it's, it's fucking awesome. So I went out and bought that like the next day. Uh, another thing we talked about. This is really weird. Reservoir Dogs. We were just talking about how. Dr. West doesn't uh, tip regularly, so you're like he's he's like he's the new Mr. Pink of this podcast. Be that as it may, but you guys will never know if it's Dr. West in your restaurant or not. So you don't you'll never know. Um, which he does tip. He just sometimes he's an ass. That's fine. <laughs> I'm an ass when I get treated like an ass. So. Yeah. Uh, a League of Their Own, 1992. That's a terrible movie. It is terrible. I love Madonna, and she can't even save that movie. <laughs> it's, I need to, it's, fucking, it's I need to put knowing. I need to put a tampon in you and in me for just bringing that up. Well, it's it's a big movie that came out. It was, it was, no, it was. No, it was. It. So, some of our other get our, uh, you know, uh, listeners that have tampons in will be like, "Ooh, I love that movie." So okay, well, vaginal leakage, anal leakage, whatever you put a tampon in for. That's that's what's there. Batman Returns. I love that movie. Got a Killer Coach hates that movie. <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula. Not a fan of that. You know, it's weird. When that movie came out, I liked it. If I try to watch that now... was that the, Is that the uh, Keanu one? Whoa! Gene Hackman? It's Dracula, dude. Is, is it Gene Hackman? No, it's not Dra- It's No, it's fucking Gary Oldman, Gary dude. Oldman, that's right. But he's like, whoa, it's Dracula, yeah, whoa. dude. Yeah. Here's the... Here, just real no, quick, bad. I'm the only person apparently on the planet that does not like Keanu Reeves. I can't stand him. I'm sorry. I don't like the John Wick movies. I don't like him. He's fucking annoying. And I'm glad that he's doing another Bill and Ted movie because that's his natural acting ability is to just go, whoa! <laughs> yeah. He's like Owen Wilson. He's fucking something. annoying. Uh, a Few Good Men. Can't deal with it. Yeah. That's one of those uh, overrated... Never seen it, never will watch. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I don't. I have no interest in watching a, a military court drama. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Unforgiven. Turd. Gene Hackman. That's the Gene Hackman. Clint That's Eastwood. a fucking turd. Richard Harris. That movie's an overrated turd. Unforgiven. Uh, you know what? I've never seen it. I'm proud to see it. It's awful. It's just an Academy Award winning turd. There's a good one. Last of the Mohicans. Love it. Love that David movie. Lewis. Love it. That is a fucking wrote, fantastic movie. The guy that wrote the book was from Cooperstown, New York. I know exactly which trail he was talking about in the film because I've been there. So nice. it's awesome. Yeah, the guy. It's awesome. It's great. The guy movie. that wrote it was from upstate New York and wrote it there, and all that stuff from the movie is supposed to. It's be a very good movie. Cooperstown. It's a very good movie. Um, Basic Instinct, one of my favorite movies of all time. Paul Verhoeven is my favorite director. <laughs> it's a very good movie. Loved it. I love Michael Douglas. Um, Sharon Stone's fucking hot in that movie. I actually like that chick Roxanne that she's like banging to. She's like bi with or whatever. She's like, we do coke together and sizzle. Yeah. It's fucking hot as shit. It's just a great fucking movie. It is a good movie. Michael Douglas. Don't ever see it on a date, though, because I watched it. I saw that movie on a date. No, that's my personal. No, listen, do you want to hear the story? Do you want to hear a Dr. West story? Species are like my personal blanket movie. Now, hold on a minute. Hold on a second. I'll never be like, hey, baby. I was on a date. I was on a date. I can't believe you watched that on. No, listen. I I was on a day. I was at the theater. Jesus Christ! And I got fucking jacked off in the theater during okay, the film. That's, that's good. Yeah. And uh, but I still wouldn't. I'd be like, no, it's, I want to win. I I put my fucking medical seed all over her fucking <laughs> all over her dress. 
She's like, you came on me. But anyway, yeah, so. No, that's good shit. And Jerry Goldsmith did the music, and Jerry Goldsmith did all the Paul Verhoeven shit. He did fucking uh, Total Recall. Yeah, Yeah, Starship Troopers. So, love him, and that's one of my favorite movies. It's really good. Um, Death Becomes Her. Turd. Never seen it. Malcolm X. That's Denzel. I love Denzel, but I can't deal with that movie. Uh, Body, the Bodyguard. It's Kevin Costner. Whitney Never Houston. seen it. Don't want to see it. Never seen it. Uh, Home Alone 2. Lost Never seen York. it. Movie's actually really funny. Got Tim Curry in it. He's funny in it. Uh, for a sequel that did need to be made, it was actually really funny. And uh, Never seen it. Wayne's World, which is... Love it. Everyone compares us to Wayne World. If you want to do that, fine. They do? I don't care. All the time. What? They're always like, hey, party on, excellent. Who said, who said that? Some of my friends do. Not about the podcast, but mainly about me, because I wear, they think I'm Wayne's World. It's like, whatever. Because I wear a fucking hat and I have They're hair. saying that to me? No, about me. Yeah, because that'll end you up on a stretcher. <laughs> uh, Alien 3, turd. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, Lethal Weapon 3. Turd. My Cousin Vinny. Turd. The <laughs> movie's funny, I don't care. I think it was pretty uh, Sister Act. i never seen it. Uh, White Man Can't Jump. There's another racist turd. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. Can't deal with it. Uh, Bad Lieutenant. The Can't pa- deal with it. The Patriot Games. Honey, I Blew well, Up yeah, the Kid. Well, yeah, 92's a bunch of turds. This is uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Why is he coming back for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids sequel? Rick Moranis. I don't know. But now for Ghostbusters. Money. You know why? Money. Because no money in the world would ever make him do Ghostbuster again because he knows it's going to be a turd. But everyone else is like, yeah, I'll, I'll take that paycheck. Uh, one of the only movies that came out, apparently, that's good in 92, was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm going to be honest with you about that movie. The only reason that I like that movie at all... Luke Perry? I love the show. Luke Perry? I love the show. I'm a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. I love the show. Uh, thank you, Douglas Dobbs, for getting me into that show when I met you. I love that show. Thank you, Jamie, too, to his wife. I love that show. I do. I love it. Angel, not so much. That movie, the only fucking good part about that movie is, and I'm going to go from least important to most important, Christy Swanson sucks. She couldn't act her way out of a paper bag. <laughs> Um, so Donald Sutherland is awesome. Rugger Hauer is even better. Pee Wee Herman is even more amazing. And Luke Perry is the only reason that I like that yeah. film because I so love Beverly Hills 902 and yep. O. Yes, you did, but yep. I still wanted to explain it. Yep. No, it makes sense. Beethoven was huge when I was younger. Turd. Never liked it. Never liked it. Uh, Sneakers Uni- is a great movie. It is. I uh, see it right there. Yep. Universal Soldier I loved. Good movie. Cool World is cool. Uh... Army of Darkness, of course, which we have done on here a long time ago. Actually, Army of Darkness was not released in this country until 1993. That's right. 92 was overseas. So I'm sorry that that, that is incorrect. Well, for our European fans, 1992. Sure, but it's not. For- uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. It's good for Christmas shit, whatever. Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me. It's fucking awesome. Love it. I love all that shit. One of my wubbies, Three Ninjas. Love all three of them. They're fucking amazing. Uh, Encino Man. It's love it. Awesome. Under Siege. Not a fan. Yep. Uh, Fern Gully. Not a fan. I watched... <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uh, the only time I've ever seen that movie, I was uh, touched inappropriately, I'll say. So I do not like that movie. 
because it reminds me like, oh, that what what's that? Where's that going? So, is that your fern gully? <laughs> yeah, it was going in my fern. Yeah, <laughs> that's just, awful, dude. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's morbid. <laughs> is that Sleepwalkers? Yeah, Sleepwalkers was. That's a it's Stephen like, King turd. It's an incest turd too. It's like I'm gonna fuck my cat mom, and she's like, fuck me. <laughs> yeah, I can't deal that with it. That movie is fucking weird, dude. Uh, Will Trefucker likes to masturbate to it because he loves cats so much. He's just like, yeah, sleepwalker. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and he fucking sheds his fur up here where we can't record. Yep. Look. All right, uh, Hellraiser three. Have that is my that favorite. Have we done that one? No. That is my favorite film of that series. And, fun tidbit for everybody out there that hates the third movie, it's Doug Bradley's favorite, too. Yep, and it's got a fucking Armored Death Saint, Angel. Yeah. Is it Armored Saint? Armored Saint, baby. What's the one Death Angel? Armored Saint. Death Angel did not do that. They did Leatherface. Leatherface, Death Angel, that's, that's it. That's it. Uh, different <sighs> different three movie. Pet Cemetery 2. Love that movie. That's 92? That's 92. I love that movie. You know, I want Dr. Giggles. Love that movie. Innocent Blood, love it. No, nope. Yeah, Larry Drake. Larry Drake's the shit. Uh, Innocent Blood, Children of the Corn 2. There's some of those that's actually good, like the sequels to Children of the they Corn. They are, they're okay. They're just more they're okay. Uh, Amityville, It's About Time. That's supposed to be one of the worst movies ever made. I would like to actually And has it on Blu-ray. Yeah, so that new box set. Uh, Demonic Toys, Critters 4. Critters 4 was awful. <laughs> Waxwork 2. Love that movie. We've never done. Have we done? We those? did the first wax work. We gave it to Steve Ashim. Shout out to Steve. We need signed. to do the second one. We should. Uh, Netherworld, uh, Stepfather Three, Lawnmower Man. We did. Shout out to Schmear. We did that. Yep. Uh, Schmear Destruction. Um, which is one of the best movies in '92 because that movie's fucking crazy. It is a good movie. Um, if there's anything else, we can pull up the music. Uh, uh, Mariachi, the movie. Oh, awesome. Rapid Fire with Brandon yep. Lee. Yep. Love it. Rapid Fire. Mariachi's fucking awesome. Um, let's see. I don't, I don't really see. Romper Stomper. That's a great movie. Never seen it. Not some movie, but it's good. It's a good movie. It really is. Coming from a Jew, Romper Stomper is a good movie. I promise. You can shut down this podcast, say you're a bunch of Nazi sympathizers. You can go fuck yourself. It's a good movie. Just go watch it. I promise. It's, it's a good fucking movie. I've never movie. seen it. <clears throat> Let's see. Now that we're done, we're wrapped up. We should have like a ding when we move it on the next. Bing. Um, all right. Just put DM albums, uh, 1992. You don't need to spell it out, but yeah. That's how I do it. And it should just give you a list of dick, crap. Dick balls. Let's see. Dick moves. Dick balls, 1992. No, dick moves. Now, there's so much good shit. It's 1992. You, ready? you, you don't have to it? have us tell you, but there's a lot of good music that came out. We're going to keep this brief because we're doing stuff tonight. Um, we're doing stuff. Oh, we're busy. Let's go for it. Let's just list them. 1992. Fucking death metal. Some really good shit that came out in 92. That's why it was... Uh, Really popping in '92. Okay, so we'll we'll start with some black metal. We'll do Emperor Wrath of the Tyrant. Fuck yeah. Um, do some Doom stuff as the flowers wither from my dying bride. Love them. A Vision of Misery from Sadist, little thrash crossover. Fuck yeah. Um, 
little Beyond the Crimson Horizon from Solitude Eternus. I actually really like that band. Uh, they're like doom shit, but I actually always thought they were kind of cool. Um, Autopsy's Acts of the Unspeakable. Yep. Which, if y'all haven't listened, we've had both those gentlemen on here. Um, I'm just going to say this just because I know everybody likes this band, but I don't. I think they're overrated. That's Epidic. Epidemic of Violence from Demolition Hammer. I do not like that band, but there you go. That's all you're getting. Uh, Shadows in the Deep from Unleashed. Great record. Um, Let Us Pray from Vital Remains. Fuck yeah. Penetralia from Hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Um, The Ultimate Incantation from Vader. Uh, Imperial Doom from Monstrosity. Cross the Sticks from Sinister. Utopia Banished from Napalm Death. Little Grind Corporea. Blaze in the Northern Sky from Dark Throne. Little Black Metal for you. The Incomplete from Obituary. Uh, Last One on Earth from Asphyx. Tomb of the Mutilated from Cannibal Corpse. Uh, Onward Towards Golagothia from Incantation. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, you're not getting a mention from me on that. Uh... Now, people argue with me on this. I'm actually going to go ahead and just tell it in the way that I think that it is. So, number two is going to be Legion from Deicide, and my number one record from that year is still Retribution from Malevolent Creation. Fuck yeah. That's still the best one, for sure. Well, uh, from that year, I think it stomps yeah. all that stuff. You know, Tomb of the Mutilated is a really good record. You know, there's, there's stuff on the Utopia Banished is amazing. But, yeah. I think I covered it all. I left out the stuff I didn't want to talk about. We'll do with that. A couple of those bands I think are overrated, and I'm not giving them any. I'm just not a fan. If you're all wondering what I left out, I think Bolter sucks. I'm just not a fan of that band. I think they're <laughs> fucking gay. No, uh, that band fucking blows. I never liked them. It's just like it's like we not doing podcast. It's like yeah, whatever. Eat a dick. We had them on. <laughs> you did. I have never talked to those dudes. I've asked those dudes to come. They were a bunch of cocksuckers to me. <laughs> and take your memoriam band and bury it in your tomb. <laughs> Not a fan. Those guys are a bunch of ass wipes. But I don't care. You want to know why? Because I know Millie from Creator, and I don't care. So, but yeah, not a fan. But the stuff I listed, absolutely. That Onward to a Golagothia is a great album. Love me some Incantation. Great band. Great dudes. Fuck! <coughs> Mainly their front man. He's a beautiful, amazing man. But anyway, he's a very nice, cool motherfucker to talk to. Uh, but yeah, he is. there's nice. a bunch of garbage, you know, out there. But whatever, you know. But I Retribution, man, I, that, that, I think that record still holds up today. It does. Uh, Legion still... does, too. Legion does, too. I had to mention that. It's great. Uh, and Onwards was Golagothia. I really like that record. I had never really listened to that. Wheelchair Fucker got me listening to that album. When I first listened to Incantation, it was a lot of demo stuff back then. So yeah, uh, but I like them. The band's great. Um, I haven't watched a damn bit of this film. Um, Tony Todd is sticking his finger in a chocolate baby's mouth. Uh, yes, he why. is. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> this movie's very weird. This movie's very slow. Yeah. Um, well, psychological. If it was a slasher, we'd be getting like ten kills. Well, now. and that's what I'm saying. I think this goes. This is a different type of experience. And a lot of Clyde Barker stuff is like, is it real? Is it not real? Am I in hell? Am I not in hell? I don't know. 
And I tell you, one of your favorite movies, I tried to watch Nightbreed probably a year ago, and I fell asleep during it. It's just not effective for me anymore. And I worked at a movie theater at the time, and my friend Matt, rest in peace, uh, all about it, loved it. And, and I liked it too. But for some reason, that movie has no staying power to me. And every time I try to watch that, all I think of is that Danny Filth fruit going, <laughs> on stage just like, I can't deal with it. Because he's apparently like, I love that movie. It's like, I'm sure you do. It's like, I just can't deal with it. I, I try to watch it. I love the Deckard character, and I think that's cool. But Craig Sheffer couldn't act his way out of a paper bag. Yeah. Um, although he is in my favorite John Hughes movie. He is in uh, 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 Some Kind of Wonderful. He is in that movie. He is the asshole uh, yeah. boyfriend that Lee Thompson's with. And uh, I'll, I, I mean, he's okay in that. I guess he's kind of a dick in that, too. But <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think a lot of. Club Barker's stuff is like a lot of Stephen King stuff. And I wanted to talk about this movie uh, on here with you guys because I watched it probably about a month ago at a secondhand theater. Um, I watched uh, Dr. Sleep. And it's a real slow fucking film. It's pretty good. But it's extremely slow. And I would by no means tell someone that's a Shining fan that you're going to like the film. It's completely different. And the Shining stuff that's in the film... uh, it's pretty cool, uh, and I enjoyed it. But it's a very slow fucking movie. It's it, it literally feels like a fucking you're watching a television miniseries. <laughs> but I'll compare it to Clive Barker stuff to Stephen King um, in the fact that a lot of Stephen stuff is like that. It, not not movie, but his books and, and some of the books with TV adaptations and whatnot. Like, like uh, you know, it, it's real slow. It's a slow burn. It's real, just like Salem's Lot. Yeah, it, it's not that any of this stuff is even the original. It it's it's it, none of this stuff is bad. It's just a slow like you've got to really sit there and just kind of sink your teeth into it. So Doctor Sleep, I recommend it. It's good. I'd give it two out of five stars. It's it's not something I'm going to buy, but I, I I did enjoy it. I would watch it again, and I don't like Ewan McGregor, and I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I'll also defend that Birds of Prey or Harley Quinn movie, whatever the hell they're calling it now. I really like that movie too. But that's another story, but. For a different podcast. But anyway, but yeah, uh, Doctor Sleep was good. I, I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed Fantasy Island, too, and everybody hated that. Um, I like their Black Christmas that Blumhouse did, too, that has just disappeared and never went to the Dollar Theater and never came out on Blu-ray. So I don't know what happened with that. But that's a good movie, too. Um, again, I, I'm i not easily impressed with a lot of stuff, but I like a lot of B-movies. So, you know, maybe yeah. maybe my advice is not the greatest, you know. Um uh, I, I I do enjoy the movie Billy the Kid versus Dracula. So, never seen it. It's a very old movie. It's very good though. But it, I'm guilty of liking that movie. Somebody was trashing that recently. Uh, Something I was looking recently, and I'll defend that movie. I actually think that movie's entertaining as hell. It's stupid, but it's fucking amazing. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, really but you know whatever. But you know, it, uh, Doctor Sleep was good for for what it was. It it was pretty damn enjoyable. Is it too long to watch at the theater? Yeah, you're going to have a lot more fun watching that at home because you can stop it and start it back up. And because it was just like, whoa! And uh, the, apparently the Blu-ray has an extra twenty or thirty minutes to it, so huh. included in the film. Nice. So wow, that's an even longer burn. But it feels it feels more like a television miniseries than it does a film. Yeah. 
You know, and it, and it, I, I said from the first time I saw ads for it, it looked like a fucking Netflix movie, and it does. It looks like a fucking Netflix movie, and it kind of is. It's like a television. It's a really long ass television movie. Is it effective? Absolutely. Is it good? Yes. Is it The Shining? Absolutely fucking not. Sorry, nobody can do that. <laughs> Except you, you can somehow bring uh, Mr. Kubrick back from the dead, right? But yeah. Uh, and just a side note, I watched They Live recently with Killer Coach, and uh, what a what an effective movie, and how how things have just gotten worse, and it's so relatable to Trump era United States. So, yeah, no, They Live is an incredibly effective film. Unlike Candyman, which I might actually sell this piece of shit. This is really <laughs> slow and boring. Well, uh, full, di- full disclosure, kids. I like Tony Todd because he is Commander Kern to me. Always will be from Star Trek, uh, Deep Space Nine, and, Star Trek, and, and Next Generation. Oh, here we go. He's finally. But you know, he's cool. He's just not in the film enough. Like we're finally getting to see Tony Todd kill somebody right now. He just raked this motherfucker's back in half with a hook, yeah. which was nice. But the premise doesn't look that good. I'm curious if the unrated version looks better. Maybe this Blu-ray's just they skimped on it or something. I don't know. And that's another thing about movies from 92. They look like they're from 92. Yeah, they really do. You know, this movie just looks dated. Not Tony. Tony looks awesome. I'll tell you a bad movie, man. I tried to watch Candyman Farewell to the Flesh recently. What a stinker. That's pretty bad. Is that Scream Factory 2? They put that out? They put it out way before they put this out, too. And it it is a stinker. (laughs) That movie is awful. I don't even remember that one. Um, I know I didn't like it either. It's about as good as Beyond Reanimator. Oh, jeez. Which is a bad film. That's terrible. It is. We're going to have to do it on here, though, because it's fun. It's so awful. I don't even know if I've opened mine. I mean, I had to have it, you know. Yeah. I don't know if I opened mine or not. Um, I don't know if I did mine. I can't remember. <coughs> well, we've done Reanimator, and we've done... We haven't done Bride. No, Bride's the one I'm... Another fun thing I wanted to point out to you guys about this movie. It says Universal Studios. Universal did not put this out. TriStar did. No. I thought TriStar put this out. Well, but I'm getting there. It This movie was put out by Sony. Huh. If you look it up right now, look it up on your phone, it will say Columbia TriStar. Yeah, which is Sony. Correct. Now. Yeah. No, it is. it was then. I don't know what this Universal shit is. Universal does not own this film. This is a Sony... This was put out of... That's another complaint I have. A lot of these companies put this stuff out and they just act like, oh, we're just going to put this film out. It's like, uh, I would like the original film logo and stuff on it, you know? I don't want to watch goddamn Psycho and see a Warner Brothers emblem in front of it instead of (laughs) Universal. You know? I, I like to have my stuff the way that it is. Yeah. But... I don't know, man. You know... I, I was never a huge fan of this movie. I'm not a huge fan of Clyde Barker. Um, just not. I mean, I, I, I like him as a person. I like his artwork. I like him. I think he's interesting. Am I a huge fan of his movies? Absolutely not. Um, I'm just not, you know. I like his movies about as much as I do modern John Carpenter movies. <laughs> I like it about as much as I do The Ward. What a fucking turd that was. <laughs> You should be paying people to fucking come and meet you, John, because that movie's so bad. I've never seen it. It's awful. It's a horrible movie. It's not worth the paper it's printed on that I even bought that piece of shit. Oh, it's out on Blu-ray and stuff? It's been out for years. It came out when we started this podcast. It's awful. What is it? 
Well, I don't want to tell you about it if you don't watch it, but it's just called it's called The Ward. It's the last movie that he did. It's awful. It's just a really bad film. You know. But I think a lot of people, you know what, a lot of people go into stuff and they expect certain things about certain movies. You know. I was never big. Like, like I had this. I had this discussion recently with somebody. They were talking to me about Sam Raimi. Can you name my favorite Sam Raimi movie? Dark Man. Yeah, exactly. Best thing he ever did. Love that movie. Hands down. My hands down. My favorite thing he ever did. Oh, it's great. It is the best movie that he ever made. And Larry Drake's in that too. Yeah. But it's an amazing film. You know, and that's it. Period. End of statement. Done. That's it. You know, I don't have a rebuttal to that. It's just an amazing goddamn movie. You know, but there's a lot of stuff that's out there, you know. And I, I like the sequels to those movies, too, even though they're awful, but I do like them. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of stuff, you know, that he did that I just, you know, like everybody likes that Drag Me to Hell movie. Oh, it's terrible. You know. It's really bad. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not exactly excited he's doing the Doctor Strange movie. I'm kind of nervous about that, but whatever. I don't know. I, th- I think it'll be good. Uh, speaking of something I put on the page today, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Did you see that Toby, uh, or not Toby, uh, I'm still Tom stuck Holland's on doing the Back to the Future thing? It's awesome. I don't know if they're doing like a reboot of it or they're making a new thing in the universe. Like, What are they doing with that? They're not saying. But I'm telling you, I think that's good casting. I could see him. No, it's great. I don't have a problem with it at all. I like Tom Holland. Um, I like him a lot. I actually think he's a good actor. I think that'll be cool. They don't need to make it a new thing with like the same things. Like they either need to make it... I, I don't know. I mean, money has it. They're probably rebooting it. Which means there's going to be a new Doc Brown. There's going to be a new... I don't like that. Oh, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't either, but I'll go watch it. No, I think that's weird as fuck. It is weird. But if they said it... You know, those two characters are way too iconic to like... But I'm telling you, they're, I think they're going to do it, though. I'm telling you, they wouldn't have posted it. I don't think they would have. That thing I shared, because you can go read the article. No, I've, I've seen it. But you know what? I've been, I've been saying for years, I've been waiting on Universal to reboot that, because th- those movies made so much money at the time. Well, you know they're going to. It's just be weird. It's like, who they're going to get as fucking Doc Brown? I mean, honestly, they could put Christopher Lloyd back in it, and he's pretty it much ain't, It ain't going to be him, though. I, no. I, you know, if I was going to bet who they would put in it... See Riley. There you go. That would actually be kind of funny. That's good casting on you, but I don't think that's who they'll put. No. They'll probably put. Um, I'm probably somebody weird like Will Ferrell or something. They'll do something really weird with it. I don't know. But I. They have to get some. Like, but much here's. Older but, but here's my whole thing with that. Actually, though. I love that movie so much, the original film, not yeah. the sequels. Yeah. I do like the second one. We make jokes about it all the time, but but right, I Tannen. right, but the but the <laughs> I love that first movie so much, and it is so old now. It doesn't surprise me that they're doing it. And I'll go watch it just because I'm very fond of that. You know, it's something that I don't want it redone, but I know they're going to do it, so I might as well just kind of run with it and just check it out. If I don't like it, I don't like it. You know, I don't know how um, that movie so. 
Comic. It shaped the way. For but but I want to I want to say something to everybody out there for people that are like, oh, they they shouldn't reboot Back to the Future or there shouldn't be a Top Gun two. Then stop watching your fucking Star Wars movies that they needed to stop make like thirty years ago. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm so tired of people telling me to fucking. <laughs> Those are the same kind of things, though. You know, something they didn't but, need to do. But I'm just saying, you know, in regard. But but, but it's okay that these uber nerds want 50 Star Wars films, but I'm not allowed to have a fucking Top Gun. Say fuck you, fuck you. I'm glad they're making Top Guns. Well, I'm just saying, you know, but it's just bullshit. It's like you hypocritical fuck. Now, you know. You, you can't have it both ways, motherfucker, you know. Oh, they shouldn't reboot Back to the Future, but they should make 20 more time with them. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. They're going to do it. I mean, it, yeah. you can either get on board with it or not. I, I like Tom Holland. They could have They could have totally cast that wrong. So, I like him. No, I, I think, I think, I think it's brilliant. I think it's fine. And if they do the 85 to the 55, I'm fine with it. Whatever. However they want to do it. If they want to do it modern day and you go back to maybe the 90, that would be kind of cool. Whatever. However they want to do it, I don't care. You know, I'll check it out. I think and so. it all. But the Doc Brown casting, you know, I'll be honest with you. If I really had to think who I would put in that role. I think all of them will be in it regardless. It's like cameo things. You know, I think they'll all be in it somewhere. I don't think they will. I think Universal will bear bones. I do. Because no, because Michael J. Fox looks bad and he is in bad shape. Well, they can, they can, you know, get him looking all right for like a scene. But the thing is, I don't think they're going to do that. I think this is going to be a legitimate rehaul. And I think they're... Well, yeah, but he's not going to be the same character. But they can no, 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 but what I'm know. saying is I just don't think they're even going to do that. I think this cameo shit, I don't... I don't I, they will because it'll help sell the film for like. See, I don't think I don't think they're going to. If 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 I again, I could be completely wrong about this, but I, I'll bet you a million dollars that they're going to recast every bit of it and they're just going to leave it be. Now they're going to ask these actors and stuff, maybe have them at the premiere and stuff like that. But I don't think they're going to do that. I don't. I don't notice with a lot of stuff when people reboot stuff now, they don't put the actors in that, and I'm okay with that because I don't want to see. But it's also not like I don't want the future. But but no but but what I'm saying is it's like you know you're if if they're gonna do it if you're gonna do a legitimate reboot of it you're not gonna put those characters and I'm telling you they're not gonna put them in it Universal is gonna do a complete rehaul on it they may change a bunch of stuff about it but I'm saying they're not gonna be hat tipping in it they're not gonna do that they're gonna be like fuck you that was 1985 we're doing an entire overhaul and if, if they came to me and were like hey I want you to completely redo this film I would recast the entire thing try to keep it as close as I could to the original and that's it I would not put any fucking cameos because it looks dumb it's like oh look it's Michael fucking uh, J. Fox on his deathbed hey everybody yeah. I mean why would you do that <laughs> and Christopher Lloyd looked bad when we saw him he looked rough. He looks like a he's funeral ready, yeah. but, but, but 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 I'm just saying, I'm just I'm just saying if you're gonna look if if, if if Universal came to you and I right now and was like I want you to, I, I want you that's something I used to say in high school all the time. He's, he's funeral ready. No, seriously, I, it's a it's a joke when I'm when I look at people like man that motherfucker's funeral ready. But what I was saying though, but. but if you're gonna, if they came to me and were like, "Look, here's all this money. I want you to overhaul this entire thing." I would not cameo any hat tipping in it. None. I wouldn't either. I think it's a, a shit move. You know. But I'm just saying, if they come to you and they do that, and you want to reboot it for a for a younger audience and people to remember the other stuff, they're going to remember it just out of the name title. But if you're if you're actually going to reboot the entire fucking thing, you don't do any hat tipping in it. You just reboot it. Yeah. 
And if you're keeping with it, but here's the thing: if they frame by frame stick with the the exact same story and basically literally remake the entire film, I'll watch it. Yeah. I don't want hat tipping in. If you want me to forget about that stuff, then just do it. Yeah. You know, because it has been a long time, and I'm, I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you: it blows my mind that they haven't done it sooner. Because those have been done for so long, and you know the the way they were talking, the interview that I the, the article that I read was that they were just doing the first film. So that's kind of interesting to me. And, and look, they could have picked way worse actors than Tom Holland. If I had my druthers, now if I if I could make the film, I will cast it for you right now. If if I had made the film, um, uh, Doc Brown, I would have had. Uh, oh God, what is his name? What is his fucking name? Um, well, first of all, we got to do Marty. Marty, I would have had. Um, God, what is his? I'm trying to think of his name. I can't, I'm really bad about doing this. The kid that was in Baywatch. Um, the, oh, Zach Efron. Zach Efron's who I would have play Marty. Um, Jennifer, I would just find some young, hot-looking, you know, teenage-looking right. girl. I know Efron's not that young anymore, but I would still put him in it. Yeah, I still think he's young enough to pull it off. Um, uh, but let's just stick with you know Tom Holland's fine. But but Brown casting Doctor Brown, I think is easier than people think it would be. Um, so I get somebody older. You know. Ugh. I mean, hell, if you put fucking gray hair in it, Bill Hader could do it. You could have, you could really have anybody do it. That'd be a little goofier, though. But I'm just saying, if you, well, I mean, you probably don't realize this, but I mean, uh, the original Doc Brown, that dude was on fucking Taxi. That's where he got his start. Yeah. yeah. He was a comedian, so it's it doesn't really. You would have to have somebody with comedic sense to actually exactly. do it. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of the people I'm like I was thinking Ted Danson, he's probably too old to even play Oof. that now. But yeah. but I mean, a lot of the actors that I like, but you as long as they had good comedy sense, you could put anybody with Tom Holland and make a good film. You know, you know, been a really good Doc Brown. What fucking Robin Williams? As Doc Brown, that would have been hilarious. See, I a toned was, down version. He was too old. If they if they had redone well, not maybe now, in the nineties I mean, or something, yeah, but it's but, like. Just for him to do it would have been funny. But I think... Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, casting that, you have to have somebody that's nonchalant, but yet, but it's not meaning to be funny, but they're funny. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. If you... Recasting something like that, 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 that is that iconic, is, is definitely hard to do. That's what I'm saying. They have to really do But like that. I said, it also doesn't surprise me that they're doing it. It doesn't surprise me even remotely that they're doing it because that was a very, 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 very popular That's uh, why film I think franchise. That's why good casting thing, like I didn't totally see John C. Riley doing it. And it would actually be good. Like I think it'd be funny. Yeah. No, they need somebody like him. They need somebody that's serious, but that has comedy. I don't know that they're going to cast them. That's pretty good. Older, on your part. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure how or what they would do with that. I'm not really sure exactly how they would do any of that or how they would go about doing it. That's another thing. This movie never made any goddamn sense to me. <laughs> it still doesn't. It's just a fucking mess. Yeah, this movie's very weird. Uh, 
It's like any Clyde Barker movie. You never really know what the fuck's going on. I don't know. I never, I never felt like this movie... I don't know, man. You know, I think a lot of people that like this movie have never watched this movie. They just think Candyman looks cool. He does. I, I always no, no. He and he does, but it's the character I love. But it's that not the movie he's in. I'm not really, a, a, you know, it, it, big it, into. I love the Candyman. They might as well just character. make her Candyman because she's in the film the whole fucking time. I love the Candyman character, but he's barely in the movie. You know. He shows up every now and then. That's mostly like finding Candyman, and then now she can kind of <coughs> call on Candyman for stuff. And but you know, I think if you recast, she's just in like this fucking Chicago <coughs> ghetto the whole time. Or if you re- you remake movies, but see, this is something I don't understand. Again, there's all these people that are probably mad about the Back to the Future thing. They get mad when they remake whatever, but yet they want thirty Star Wars films. That's fucking hypocritical as fuck. <laughs> Well, they don't have taste. And I'm, I'm going to let you know something. That new Star Wars movie was a fucking turd. It's pretty bad. I fucking hated it. <laughs> it's bad. And you you were it. like, man, it's really good. You need to check it out, dude. Yeah, and I was it. just like, yeah, this is a fucking turd. No, it was entertaining for what it was. I thought it was awful. But I was like, Scott, it was like, <laughs> it was like Doctor Not Gonna Lie. I'm so, I'm so sick of all that crap. And that Mandalorian show, <laughs> all of it. It's just like, Star Wars, God, the people that watch that. Don't know anything about anything. That's why they need thirty Star Wars movies. Because it's like really, if it's not the first three, they aren't entertaining anymore. Because it's just like we gotta. Have Dude, I can't. I cannot even watch. We gotta have six Star Wars. We gotta have six lightsaber battles. We gotta have more of this, more of that. I, more. I cannot watch these. That you know, Rogue One was entertaining. It wasn't, entertaining. and I liked the first three films. But a lot of this, and stuff, everyone man, hates it. I just can't. I just cannot get into this. They're like, I fucking hate Rogue One. It's like, that's one of the only actual films that Star Wars ever had, was that one. It was good. It's an actual movie. You know. Uh, All the other shit is not. It's just a bunch of, like, green screen room crap. You stand there in front of a green screen with, like, kendo sticks and fucking turn them into laser swords, and they're just, like, running around like, I'm a fucking Jedi. That's... The one movie that doesn't have a Jedi in it somewhere, people hate it. You know, there was fucking Darth Vader. It's like, what more? Dude, do you I, want? I, I'll, let me tell you a story. And I brought this up before. I think when we recorded, but I, it makes me want to throw up. Rod Roddenberry, which is Gene Roddenberry's son, uh, Gene created Star Trek. If you don't know that, anyway. So he makes this movie, even though he's like, I oh, would like fucking Star Wars. And then he he goes up to J.J. Abrams in this documentary, and the the documentary is like eleven years old, and he was all like. I just want to tell you, my dad would be so happy about these movies you make. And I know Jay James was just sitting there like, "Yeah, I'm I'm king shit. I, I made my fucking MTV fucking comedy action movies with Carl Urban and fucking shit cast. Yeah, and Simon Pegg that needs to be fucking denutted by Doctor West. <laughs> I, I have never liked that motherfucker in anything. And but it was just it was just so just sickening. And then, if that's not enough, you know who go, he goes else he fucking goes and interviews fucking Teddy Bear Lucas. Mm-hmm. He's all like, "I'll take the force. I'll always be with you." And you, with my, I just want to be like, <laughs> "Damn you, <laughs> your shit movies!" <laughs> I got so fucking tired of him. I got so tired of fucking just it, everyone that I fucking knew or worked with, just over obsessing over that crap. Like my God, I I, I watched that 
dog shit. <laughs> How many fucking these turd movies these people just sit through? It's just like, man, that was fucking awesome. Let's go eat fucking Christmas dinner. It's like, look, it was cool when I was like six. It ain't cool now. It's not. It's old. It's an old hat. And I got news for everybody. That movie, everybody liked that movie It came out. It fucking bombed. No, everyone hates that movie. It was. It is bad. It's terrible. It really is bad. But All think, of them were bad. I think it was entertaining. They're just fucking yeah. bad. They're just fucking horrible. It's just like, it's just fucking pathetic. It's just it was like, entertaining, but it was like literally, a, you know, if I had to really be negative about it and actually be a real Star Wars fan and just bitch about it, then it was just obviously it was a terrible movie. But I was like, whatever. I thought it was. I was. I well, that's just like last year. It didn't make fucking, me walk out because at this point, I don't even just care. Like that fucking in-game turd. God, I, I can't watch that movie. Everybody, put your power suits on. We're the Power Rangers. Yeah, it's just fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, I, I I'm sorry. Like you know, and I I don't know what planet some of these people are living on where they're just like. Man, that fucking Jedi butt crack was fucking awesome, man. <laughs> Captain Mark was up. It's like, whatever, man. It's like, whatever, man. People are fucking clueless. But you, you can't teach people taste, and you can't teach people creativity, and you can't right. teach people <clears throat> certain things. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the Star Wars thing, it's just beating a dead horse at this point. It's like... Just leave it alone. Yeah, and they're like, no. Now the next one, we're gonna do them old Republic. They're gonna put them old Republic <laughs> characters in it. They're gonna have Yoda's daddy in it. It's just like, will you just leave it alone? Please? Well, it makes way too much money for them to not make it. But it's just, it, it's just sickening to me at this point. It's like, will you leave it the fuck alone? Man, I'm gonna tell you, there's a guy at this fucking comic store talking to me. He's like, man, they're gonna do that goddamn Nazi old Republic. It's just like, listen, asshole. I don't know anything about that, and I don't want to. I don't. I don't fucking. Republic. I don't fucking care about your fucking Man, bullshit. Man, you ever heard of Darth Revan the old Republic? Dude, I'm so. It's like yeah, it's like Dark Renzinovus is gonna be in that, and he's mean. It's just like <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking Republic. care. I don't care about your fucking shitty Star Wars mythos. Show it up your fucking ass. Like I don't know what everybody's obsession is with watching that crap. <laughs> and I, here's another two cents too Kevin Smith you need to stop making movies buddy your new movie fucking sucks oh that uh Jay and Silent Bill. yeah you need to fucking hang it up Jack you need to hang it up the whole movie well the whole movie was supposed to be a, a fake reboot of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back it's, and it was they like redid it's the not movie. funny yeah. and it's not entertaining and it's not worth the time I want the time back that I wasted watching that piece of shit <laughs> But I just, I, I just don't know what people are watching nowadays. It's just like, and 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 here here's somebody else that I just and, and I, I just am puzzled by this. I'm so sick of of every time this guy puts a fucking movie out, everybody fucking just jacks off about it. And all he is is a fucking uh, fucking uh, Stanley Kubrick fucking wannabe, and that's fucking Christopher Nolan. I'm so sick of him every fucking time he puts some fucking movie out. 
And it's always like this gonna it's a new mind fuck and it's like It's like it's, it's a it, mind fuck. I'm you at don't the know where and everybody's like Man, this looks fucking incredible. Inspection two. Everything is Interceptor up. three or what whatever that <laughs> No, it's like ins- inspecting three. It's like every everything is actually upside down, but you gotta be awake and asleep at the same time. I just don't I'm are you so awake or are you just, upside down I'm so but asleep? Sick of just these movies that come out, and it just—it's just so fucking. It's like, man, did you get my fucking pill script, man? Let's fucking just steal that new Christopher Nolan movie. I just—who cares about any of that crap? That's inter- like we're just gonna pass budget. That Interstellar movie and that Dunkirk movie—I fell asleep during both those turds. I haven't seen any of those. Oh, they're awful. Was Dunkirk the last year's like dick sucker movie where everyone? Oh no, it's it's a a few years old. It's like Dunkirk's movie of the year. No, that was that. That was that nineteen twenty. It's that, like that guy that directed Skyfall, the worst Bond movie ever fucking made. Sam Mendes, yeah, a piece of shit. If it, He's just like, I'm glad me movie, me movie came to you over here to them states that we ruin, that we rule over over in England. Got number number nineteen twenty. Number number nineteen twenty. It was all shot with one camera. Sh- Who fucking cares? No one's gonna watch your fucking movie except some fucking asshat that fucking sits at his house. It's like, oh, it says this is real good. Yeah. But These are the same people that watch fucking Amazon and Netflix originals movies. Scott, yeah. did you watch? No, I did not watch that. Why? <laughs> why in God's name would I ever come home a and have Netflix? B, watch anything on Netflix? C, watch any of their crap original content, which is nothing but fucking their shitty original movies and like four hundred stand-ups. <laughs> you love the stand-ups, though, Vincent. You do. The tr- the truth is, I literally could choke you and fucking wheelchair fucker out for how many times I had to sit through. It's like. Jimmy TK live at the Spectrum. I was at the club the other night. I farted. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Why am I watching this shit? I fucking hate stand up. Stand up is like the worst thing in the world. And if you do it, you need to be fucking clubbed to death. <laughs> There's a reason I, I actually watch professional comedians. There's a reason Will Ferrell's funny because he actually is. Yeah. But yeah, this movie, it's over. Uh, I guess we can do our. Uh, wrap it up here because it's oh, what a horrible movie <laughs> it really is it's bad <laughs> it was just like hey, Tony's it, not Tony's awesome but you know yeah, Tony Todd is fucking great um, but he's in this film like twice so it's kind of like oh, okay well we'll go with that there Tony Todd and we'll cue up the Tardy Brothers here Whenever Be sure to ask him if it's okay because they have black legs. <laughs> so, uh, final thoughts. I think we know the doctor's final thoughts. I just, you know, man, I, I, I like him a lot. I think Tony Todd is fucking awesome. But that movie's really just not that good. You know what? If this was an actual slasher, it would have been a great movie. If it was just him killing people with that hook the whole time, but the thing is, is it's not. No. And I think people, and that proves it. I think right people there. want to remember that, like, oh yeah, it is. Yes, it is. But it's really not. The now reality. Tony Todd himself, like the Candyman himself, even isn't even like a slasher. Really, he just he's more. He kind of does what he wants, you know. 
He's a serial killer. Doesn't make him a slasher. You know? Right. And it's more of just, I think, you know, people... And it's a supernatural film, because he's just like, hey, come fucking kill this boss dude, lawyer fucking asshole. And then it's like, all right, say my name five times. But it's it's... It's not my type of thing. I mean, I'm glad I own it because I, I really do love Tony Todd, and I don't mind giving him some money. But I just, oh, yeah, the character is is great, and I think hopefully the new film actually makes it an entertaining thing. Probably like, not. It'll probably be a fucking the new Candyman. Actually, like maybe they build like I want to see like Candyman fight like the Clan. Yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. You know, have him fight, do something cool. I don't know. It's just. Have it more be about Candyman and not like the lore of Candyman and like is he real or is he not? You know, it's like you know. Right. But the film, you know, when I was younger, it was very, uh, you know, I can't even think of the word. But you remember it better than it actually is. Yeah, and it's imprinted in my brain forever because of the time I watched it, and up until now, like I'll always remember it from when I first saw it. It makes it special to me for that, but watching it as an adult, like right now, and actually going through it, it, it wasn't, uh, you know... So you agree with me it wasn't very entertaining? No, it's a very long movie. It's, it's it's Again, it's a supernatural film. It's like a psychological thriller. Those movies take a lot of attention. Right, I see, that's what I'm telling a you. A lot of attention and time and vibe. I don't think it is a horror film. I think it's more of a... Also, maybe for like a podcast standpoint, us watching it with like subtitles, it's really not effective at all that way. And a lot of movies aren't. Um... My yeah. God, that would be. I think. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I think uh, as far as maybe watching it like alone, it's probably very effective and it's cool. Like maybe it's more of like a. I think Candyman might be more of like a personal film. To be honest, like if you watch it like I did when I was younger, when I watched it by myself when I was little, it stuck with me instantly. I still always remember the first time I ever watched it. Um, but I think if you you and it's like you and me and a bunch of people or me and the doctor with like. Look at the print of this. Three other people are just going to be like, yeah, let's go and watch Candyman. Like, it's not like a go-to to... It's not a go-to party favor, you know what I mean? So I think, uh, you know, to whoever who can actually go and do that, that's fine. You know, uh, everybody has different tastes. Some people have no taste and say that they do, and uh, call this film a slasher when it's not. So, um, well, final thoughts. Love the movie. I love the character. You know, I, I more give credit to the movie, and I love Clyde Barker, but is it something I pop in and just be like, oh, we got to watch Candyman? No. Um, but it, it is a very essential movie, and for a lot of reasons. And I love Tony Todd, so really, I just give all the credit to him. Glad he did the film. Virginia Madsen's great in the film. Uh, Vanessa Williams is great in the film. You know, the acting's great. It's just one of those movies that is very slow. It doesn't really ever pick up that much. It's just, you have to pay attention to the entire movie. It's kind of thing. And I don't have the attention span to do that anymore. So maybe when I was little, when all I did was have my face five feet away from the TV, then I could sit there and watch everything and absorb it like a sponge. But now I can't. <clears throat> I'm always like, oh, I, I gotta go take shit. I gotta go get another beer. Um, I need to go get some food. Like, I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> oh, wow. That's fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, the final thoughts on that. Anything else, Doctor, before we uh, wrap you this know, up? You know, I love Tony Todd. I love him as Captain Kern. I love him as... He's cool as Candyman, but the thing with that it is, it's like, it's just not a very good film to me. And I'm sorry, bloody disgusting, it's not a slasher. It really is not. No. 
You are dead wrong on that. And honestly, if you think anything, if anyone out there thinks anything that Clive Barker did is a slasher, it's not. It's most of his stuff is psychological stuff. Because mm-hmm. Hellraiser stuff, there's one point of view. You could watch the very first Hellraiser film, and you could ask yourself, you could say, um, did any of that even happen? Yeah. So, you know, not really my genre, not really my field. My field is slashers. His is European splatter films, so Italian splatter, or if you prefer. Giallo. Uh, but, but for me... You know, is it worth getting if you like it? But I, I'm going to tell you what, it, it's, a, it's a slow burn, and it's not really something I honestly may sell it. It's not really that great. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of stupid, but... Yeah, but Tony Todd rules. That's about it. Tony Todd does rule. Wish he was in it more, and it was actually... And that's the reason that we gave it to Derek from Sepultura, our guest, who I uh, had a great time talking to. He's a fucking awesome dude. Um, go see Sepultura. They are on their North American tour here. Uh, by, probably about the time we get this out so yep. um, enjoy and uh, check out Quadra the new record Sepultura it's out now Nuclear Blast yep we do track by track of the new album uh, first part of the interview we were having some technical difficulties I apologize for that uh, but enjoy anyway interview is great um, and um, Derek's cool as fuck Sepultura's cool as fuck go out and see them and uh, as always you know we have our new website now. You can go to cultofantasm.com for all the interviews. Uh, we have show reviews on there now. There's a lot of stuff up and coming. Be Godless Heathens, uh, all kinds of shit. So just uh, stay tuned on there, Facebook, all that bullshit. And uh, this is the only place for horror and death metal, your trusted source. So thank you guys for your support all around the world. And uh, as always, from the doctor and I, stay fucking gory. I, they will come, it's on the way, the terror will come to an end, it makes no difference, the arrow will end, excite and witness to it all, wake up, or still play, brainwash, while it's dead, wake up, or still play, brainwash. Okay. Uh, track two is uh, means to an end. Right, means to an end. Uh, this again, we we wrote the album in, in four different parts. So the very beginning, the first part of the album, uh, is the very heavy songs, the very thrash-oriented songs. Um, and the song I I wrote the lyrics uh, primarily about uh, the political manipulation that exists, um, that's always exists, but how powerful it is nowadays, especially with the use of uh, the media and also the use of the internet. Um, A lot of times people don't realize how manipulated they are by um, propaganda and by media surrounding them. Uh, These companies that are paid a tremendous amount of money are consistently searching out your details and information um, and able to have the ability to manipulate um, in certain decisions that you may make in your life and especially in the political realm. Um, This has been happening not only in America but uh, all over the world. and a lot of people aren't aware of it um, because it's done so well and it's be-
you know, you, a lot of times you're manipulated into buying those. Um, so this is a means to an end was written about that. And um, by any means necessary, there a lot of these politicians will say and do anything to, to you know, to further their end, you know, their their ideas. Their agenda. Um, so, that's, so that's what that song is about, means to an end. Awesome. And then you said oscillation, just to briefly recap on that, because I lost you there for a second. Uh, okay. That one's... Isolation? Yeah. Uh, isolation is a song that I wanted to write about the American justice system, uh, the prison system, actually, um, and, and how ineffective and dysfunctional that it's been um, for many years, and uh, to really question it and to to really go deep on what is the ultimate goal? Is it to only punish or rehabilitate? And through uh, actual solitary confinement was something that I felt that was very inhumane and ineffective. Um, and, and so this is definitely an uh, extremely important song considering the fact that America, a first world country, has most of its people in prison more than any other place in the world. You're right about that. I was actually, a, I got arrested for the first time in my life in August of 2018. I was in there for a month. I felt like I was in there for three years, so. Right, right. Pretty terrifying yeah, stuff, so that's that's awesome you touched I on that. I believe it. Yeah, it was, and I didn't, I don't feel rehabilitated at all. It was just insane. Right. Um, track three, uh, Last Time. Mm-hmm. Last time, uh, I, I haven't lived in the U.S. for almost 20 years. Um, I've been living in Sao Paulo, Brazil, for most of that time. And when I came back to the U.S., uh, I, I wasn't aware of how much of an epidemic uh, of, uh, of addiction was for, uh, for opiates and, and for pharmaceutical drugs. Um, so this was something very new to me um, and, and very sad. Um, and, and so many, not only drug addictions, but addictions in, in many ways, uh, a very addictive society that we live in. Um, and so I wanted to write a song, even my own addictions. You know, I, I really wanted to write about that in, in a song. And so I know a lot of times people I've always said this, and I've said this, you know, this is my last time, you know, this is my end <laughs> right. song, is about that. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much about that, you know, and not being afraid to talk about it, you know, but everybody has their own addictions, and, and really, um, in order to conquer those, you know, you, you have to be true to yourself, and, uh, and most of the time, I mean, all the time, in order to conquer addiction, you, you know, you have to come to that realization, nobody else is going to do that for you, so. That's what that song is about. Ah, it's a killer. That's really cool. I'm, I'm loving this already with the album's about. It's great. Uh, and great, then man. Capital Enslavement, track four. Yes. Uh, so we have a, a coin, uh, <clears throat> like a, a Roman-type uh, symbol, a Caesar, um, but it's a, a skull. Um, and, and that coin and, and, and money, a monetary unit, is, is something that each person, no matter what, color or race or religion abide by you know money is something that's enslaved us all and we accept that you know it's, it's something that we've all accepted everywhere in the world uh no matter who we are and, and, and since we do accept that you know we are bound to it so there's not much you can do 
sure. somebody is always having to pay. Um, and so this is something, uh, it's, it's a type of enslavement that we uh, agree to, um, that we're born into. And, and it's just really questioning that, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a the concept. I mean, is money really worth anything? You know, you have $50 in your pocket now, and then the next day the stock market drops or something changes, and then it's worth 30 and then we all accept that, you know? So the value, I mean, the money itself, it's still 50 but it, the worth of it has gone down. I mean, right. it's, it's a weird concept that we all agree upon. Um, and, and then the only reason that it works is because we agree upon it and we accept it. So um, it definitely... I wanted to write about how powerful that it is and how it has encompassed us all. It's terrifying, actually, to think about yeah, that. Yeah, it is. Track five is Ali. Ali is a song. Andreas and I are, and, and, and Paolo are, are big uh, sports fans and fanatics, and I, I love sports. I played sports my uh, entire high school life and um and andreas and paul are big uh, football fanatics uh you know soccer sure. and so we wanted to write a song about uh, an athlete that we really admired and was muhammad ali um he not only for his boxing that's what was so tremendous about him that he was standing up for his actual rights for many people um and, and the fact that he he stopped you know, he was the belt was taken away from him uh, at the prime of his career, and he was accepting of that. Um, he accepted that. You know, he 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 passed up probably the the prime, which was his prime, uh, in order for his beliefs. And this is something that's unbelievable that you don't really see nowadays. But felt that he was such a great example, and we wanted to write a song about him, even to you know his death. He was. You know, such a strong uh, role model, um, character, um, and, and his beliefs, and uh, so that song is about uh, Ali Muhammad Ali. That's really cool. Uh, <laughs> track six, uh, "Raging Void." Raging Void. Uh, it's a song that I, I wanted to write about this uh, this void that exists in all of us as human beings um, to, to fill. You know, it's we're the very unique animal on this planet where we're consistently searching out something, whether it be work or for always consistently uh, needing something to fill this emptiness that exists um, in, in all of our lives. And, and certain people fill this emptiness with positive things or and other people with negative things or some people have no idea what they're filling it in, but they're trying to... Uh, come to some reasoning and uh and this void a lot of times is, is filled with crap around us you know a lot of things that are just unnecessary that we fill our lives with yeah. um i was looking at certain things like storage and things like that and and and, and it's a billion dollar industry storage but a lot of the times you don't even realize what you have in storage you know there's things you forget about after a year you couldn't name everything that you have in storage or two years later you know you completely forgot and so it's just unnecessary trash and things that we just build up just to fill this type of void that's existing. So it's about, you know, it's, it's something that's there that we have to accept, but it's like, what are you going to fill that void with? You know, is it going to be positive things and positive people around you? and Or is it going to be cluttered with crap and 
right. just forget about it. Oh, that's right. another one that's really cool, the concept behind that one. Uh, right on. Uh, track 7, uh, Guardians of Earth. Guardians of Earth, uh, was, it was something that was really relevant, um, I, I think, for everyone, um, especially dealing with the Amazon and, and the Indians that are living there, the natives that are living there. Um, I, I wrote that song actually for them and feeling that they are the guardians of Earth, the guardians of, of preservation. You know, they've been living there their whole lives for so many years, and um, and they've been able to live with the unison within the Amazon and with the animals and with the planet, and, uh, and sort of the protectors. And now with this new political direction in Brazil and happening without within South America as well, uh, a lot of them are being killed in order for certain farmers to move in and to raise cattle. Um, that are being shipped to the U.S. and also to Europe uh, for our own needs. Um, and, and so this consumption that we have, you know, is creating this this kind of bloody conflict um, because we're all a part of it. We're all connected. And um, a lot of times people don't see that the things that we're actually buying and supporting are actually creating uh, a, a complete chaos in other parts of the world. Um, not only it's not only our, uh, our fault, but it also has to do with the political direction of these countries as well. And, and and it's up to I think everyone to come up for a solution. The farmers need to make money. There's a larger population growth. Um, everybody needs to find their own uh, certain way on this planet. But it doesn't mean that we have to kill each other, kill the planet, or kill every animal on it in order to survive. Right. Um, there's other solutions that we can come up with, and, um, and it's something that we have to really acknowledge. So Guardians of the Earth was written for the Indians, for their voice to be heard, their truth, in order to preserve the future um, for this planet. That's amazing as well. That's very interesting. I didn't know anything about that. That's very interesting. Um, uh, track eight, the pentagram. Pentagram is just an evil song, an evil instrumental song. Um, it really, uh, I think it's you know just the pentagram being such a, a symbol of being very sinister. The song itself is just hitting on so many different areas that uh, uh, it, it stands out as you know just such a sinister track um, and in every aspect uh, really digging into metal and thrash and just off beats and just really out there so that track is you know will always just be known as the pentagram that's great <laughs> <laughs> and then track nine I'm gonna again I'm gonna try to pronounce this is it just autumn yeah autumn and it's it's kind of like it's Latin and it, um, I mean it's kind of like seizing the day um, and really wanted to have like a song that's very positive about uh, the elements of just like the time is so important right now you know there's really nothing you can do to change your past or what's happened already in the past and you can't really tell the future so it's really important to, to focus on what's in front of us right now you know because time is so limited and short and it's something that you can actually have control of what's happening today you know this hour like you you know, you're in this moment. And, and that's how we felt, you know, being on stage. And, you know, it's, it's a moment, it's a special moment that we're connecting with people who are there 
when you're a fan and in the audience and watching a show, it's always that moment as well. And, and just to live, you know, I, I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, those moments are probably the most important, you know, the, you know, what you're dealing with from day to day, you know. Um, there's a lot of things you just can't really um, go back to, and obviously you can't go back to, but uh, it's just important to appreciate what you have in front of you. Uh, it's a, another, it's an amazing philosophical view on that. I love that. Uh, uh, and then track 10, uh, Quadra, the title track. Right. Quadra is a, uh, a song that uh, Andreas is writing with the four acoustic guitars. And, and, and Quadra itself is Portuguese, which means it's a playing field. And uh, within that playing field, you have certain rules. Um, and, it, and it's a metaphor for life. Quadra, each person is born in their own quadra. And you, there's certain laws that we abide by that we're born into. You know, it's a consequence of being born in certain quadra and you abide by them. But, you know, in the end, you have to respect, you know, it's important to respect people born in a different quadra because it, it, a lot of times, you know, you you don't have a decision. You, most nobody has a decision where they're born, you know, and and, and what parents uh, they're born to, and what laws are taught to them. You know, a lot of times people are caught, you know, uh, consequences of being in the quadra. So it's understanding that and 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 really um, being able to have that respect and and, and communication. Uh, with other people from different areas, so Quadra is primarily about that. Again, that's I I love the everything behind this record. It's it just builds it even better for me. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, that, it's great. We really thought so much about it, and you know, we had a lot of time to write it. So this really, I think, you know, expanded you know the ideas and and every aspect of the album. Well, it's it's I'm it's an absolute pleasure doing this. Uh, uh, track eleven, uh, agony of defeat. Yeah, agony of defeat is um, dealing with uh, depression. It's a, a big problem that we face in society, and uh, especially now more than ever, you see so many creative people committing suicide and and young kids. Uh, com- committing suicide, you know, in the first world, you know, in the U.S., and, and I find it mind-blowing when they have so many opportunities, and and more so than other places in the world, but yet this still exists um, as a serious problem, and, um, and, and being able to deal with uh, this depression is something very important, um, being able to talk about it, and, and so uh, I wanted to write about that as well um my mother suffered from it and it seems that it's just been growing um more than ever so it's 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 really something that we have to explore as a society of like are we creating this type of depression or you know what can be done to to help um you know those people who are suffering from it and so i wanted to write a song about that um you know maybe uh people can relate to that and reach out for help Absolutely. That's again. That's brilliant uh, subject matter uh, for the record as well, and and just in general, just social commentary. It's amazing. Uh, and then the last track, uh, fear, pain, and suffering. Fear, pain, uh, fear, pain, chaos, suffering. And the song uh, I wanted to write about uh, refugees uh, that are that are searching for uh, safety. You know, uh, from the. The, the place of birth, um, you know, again, they 
is that there's war going on and complete conflict and impossible to raise a family and, and let alone we have share so many similarities with these people who are refugees um and at the same time we casting them out um it, it's bizarre especially being from the u.s and, and, and having this place built by refugees and and everyone pretty much a refugee living here right. um so determined to keep uh everyone out or and, and actually having people that just came here who are actually agreeing with the fact of keeping everyone out there has to be a solution uh to this problem because a it, it's not ending um it, it's actually getting worse b we have to find a reason why they're leaving their place and what can be done where they don't have to leave their home. Most of the time, they don't want to leave their home. You know, they want to be able to live in their place of, of, of where they're from without this conflict going on, without being killed. Um, but at the same time, it's about empathy and having to to be able to, to relate to some of these people because not that long ago, we were all refugees here as well, some of us. And uh, and so this it's really important to find better solutions for these people who want the exact same things that we want, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I It's an incredible album. I, I can't get over uh, just the everything that you mentioned about every song it's there's so much going on on this record and i think it's uh it's it's brilliant um you want to talk real quick about um the production on the record if you don't mind yeah sure well like i said we took a lot of time in writing this we started in early february with the idea the concept and i was i moved to los angeles and and the other guys are in Brazil, based in Brazil. Andreas and Aloy, uh, Andreas Kisser and Aloy Casagrande, they were writing uh, the ideas of the songs and sending them to me. And I was working on lyrics um, in LA and, and the idea for choruses and verses. And I came to Brazil, back to Brazil to do demos. Um, it really matched up, you know, the ideas that I had, um, just because I felt that We've been playing so long together, um, touring and, and recording in the past that um, we have a really good understanding for each other. And so a lot of things just really fit into place. And um, and we all decided that we really wanted to work with Jens Bogren, um, a Swedish producer, uh, again for this uh, album because we worked with him on Machine Messiah. Right. And it was such an incredible writing process. and. Um, and, and it worked very well and the collaboration we felt very comfortable but uh, we really wanted to extend that and so we, uh, we we decided that we wanted to record there again and I, I thought it was you know such a great decision because he has great work ethics uh, he has a fantastic ear and he always has uh, wonderful ideas that really help expand um the ideas that we already have and so I, I mean I, I thought it was the perfect decision to go back there and to really you know I felt that we we had more work to do there and again we're very focused uh, we did the drums in Stockholm Sweden at his studio Fascination Street Studios nice. uh, Jens Bogren's studio and we just did the drum tracks there and then the other part of the album the rest of the album we did at his 
studio in Urubru, and it's the interior of Sweden, a um, very small place. But he lives next door to his studio. We all stay in the studio uh, above the recording uh, area. Um, everyone living in the same house, you know, cooking together, eating together. Um, you know, it's almost like a camp. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think it's really helps in the writing process for us because there's no distractions you know we're really all there for the same reason focused and and, and united and uh it's a wonderful experience you know it was um demanding and exactly what we wanted you know we wanted to challenge ourselves and and really put a lot of our personality much more than ever before and not be afraid to do that well i i just can't tell you enough how much we appreciate you coming on and doing this today the, oh, it's a pleasure, man. the explanation of the songs is amazing and uh, I hope maybe I can do a recap with you in Atlanta when I come down to the show. Yeah, that would be great. I, I'm looking forward to to Atlanta and uh, the show at the Masquerade. The tour is going to be great. You know, a lot of very good bands and, and, and I'm very happy to share the stage with Sacred Bike, Crowbar, Art of Shock. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a great bill, and, and like I said, uh, but I would love to catch up with you again if it's all right on tour and, and uh, okay. meet up with you again. And this is, like I said, this has been an absolute pleasure. 